Welcome to episode 171 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the greatest day in motorsports for recap edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host. Uh, after a long week of being off and being sick, after a crazy, what has been a crazy weekend of racing across all three major motorsports series. And uh, as always, my co-host, my sidekick, my bro, uh, a former iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman and a scholar, a guy who drove in the iRacing 600 last night. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. Of course, uh, great weekend of racing um, throughout all three series. Uh, like you said, really uh, just a great weekend overall, of course, celebrating or honoring and remembering our people that were um, perished in war and everything with Memorial Day, but um, just a yeah great weekend of racing overall, um, and you know a lot of rain too with NASCAR, so um, which just ended today. So yeah, ready to get into it. Yeah, the rain affecting things to where we even waited to start our show. Uh, we usually don't start when mainly because of me um, when we're when we should start, but today we waited because Ryan Blaney after God knows how many hours of delays and cautions, got his first win in 50, nearly 60 races by winning a major, winning the Coca-Cola 600, and um, giving Penske a double because Joseph Newgarden, his teammate, his corporate teammate, uh, two-time IndyCar Series champion, has now got lifetime uh, employment at Penske Racing since he made a last lap pass to win the Indianapolis 500 yesterday. Uh, three red flags... Uh, in the last 20 laps, kind of looked like the Daytona 500 more than the Indy 500 there. Uh, but Joseph Newgarden passes uh, Marcus Erickson. Erickson was in line to win a $420,000 bonus from uh, Borg Warner for being the first person to repeat as Indy 500 champion since Elio Castro Dash Neves. But a one lap shootout, and we'll get in all that. Um, took that away. Uh, Newgarden getting. Roger Penske, his first Indy 500 win as the owner, the actual owner of uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, even though he has owned Indianapolis Motor Speedway basically since the 70s. Uh, the Formula One race, Verstappen won. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot of drama until the rain came. Uh, Fernando Alonso had a chance, but they kind of gave that one up. Uh, Mercedes looked better than they have at Monaco in a while. But the gap between Red Bull and everybody else is basically like a crater, a black hole. There's really nobody that's going to beat them. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that Red Bull is going to win every race this year, um, break the record that um, McLaren had with the MP44 in 1988, winning uh, 15 out of 16 races and winning all the polls. Uh, so that'll be something to look at. Um, as the season goes on, uh, we'll also get into the Xfinity race, which will be live uh, streaming because it'll be going on during the race, during our show, and talk about the trucks. Ben Rhodes ends up uh, using his strat to get his first win of 2023. We'll go over F2 and F3 at Monaco, and then we'll uh, talk about and preview for Spain this coming weekend since they'll be racing at uh, Barcelona. Um, we'll also give previews for Rally Italy for the WRC 
Formula E at Jakarta. They're going to have a double header this coming weekend and some driver changes upcoming. Uh, we'll have World Superbikes at Misano. Um, some changes, big changes coming along uh, for next year in motor in World Superbike and Indy next at Detroit, uh, which will lead into IndyCar preview of the Detroit Grand Prix back in the city of Detroit, not on Belle Isle. Uh, for the first time since, I think, the early 90s, or like 1990, uh, Spanish Grand Prix for Formula One. They put the track back to its original configuration. Uh, won't make much of a difference outside of um, outside of uh, the Red Bull cars. Cup and trucks will be a gateway this coming weekend, while Xfinity and uh, there are people who do logistics for Xfinity teams are blowing their brains up because um, they're going to have to be in Portland on Saturday for a race on Saturday uh, afternoon. So um, good luck to those people. Um, Josh will go over his exploits on iRacing and elsewhere in a sim segment, and then we'll close the deal. I thought we are going to go talk NASCAR first, but we'll uh, leave that for a little bit. We'll let it simmer um, before we go and get to that. Uh, first thing we'll do, though, is the Indianapolis 500, and it was a, a race that uh, it took, what is it, over half the race before the first yellow came out, which isn't shocking. Uh, there were issues for certain drivers, but in the grand scheme, it was um, an interesting race. It was definitely a race that uh, presented a lot of challenges for a lot of drivers, um, then I mean, you had Alex Pillow, who was the fastest car, I think, in the, it was the fastest car, he qualified on pole, set a track record in qualifying for one and four lap track record, and then, um, but ended up uh, leaving empty because of, empty handed because of um, an incident that was driven by Renus VK coming off of pit road. Um, so there was, so there's that, so yes, for 20,000, yeah, he's won two oval races this year, but, um, yeah, Joseph Newgarden will go over the top 10 here in the Indianapolis 500 average speed of 168.193 miles an hour. Uh, they had 27 caution laps, five total yellows, um, the last three all leading to red flags. So they had two yellows in the first 155 laps of the race, and then after that it it kind of got out of hand there in the last 20. Joseph Newgarden gets his first career Indianapolis 500 victory um, uh, over Marcus Erickson by point zero nine seven four of a second so less than a tenth of a second and santino ferrucci for aj foyt racing started fourth finished third alex polo as i mentioned started uh on pole finished fourth had to come back from tailback um solidified his points lead he has a 20 point lead on marcus erickson his teammate and um they had uh, alexander rossi rounding out the top five the best of the mclaren runners scott dixon had issues early in the day but recovered to finish sixth takuma sato seventh connor daly eighth colton herta actually getting a finish at uh, Indianapolis in this 500 for once. Renus VK, who I mentioned earlier, and Ryan hunter Ray, or yeah, that was the top 10, Ryan hunter Ray, Captain America, um, finishing 11th. I thought he was going to stay out there, uh, but he didn't. There were 17 cars on the lead lap. Uh, Jack Harvey was the first car one lap down. You had Lundgaard, Ed Carpenter, some of those cars, uh, Benjamin Peterson, Graham Rahal, they're all involved in that multi-car incident that uh 
ended up uh, affecting the end of the race there. But um, yeah, no, um, but uh, I, I guess the story, Josh, I mean, Newgarden was up there a lot of the day. He was one of many guys that I think were factors. Chevy had the the better of Honda for the exception of the Ganassi cars and really Alex Pillow. Um I think the McLaren team has to look back and wonder what might have been since Pato Award had a great race car and so did Felix Rosenquist. We'll get into the incidents that took both of those guys out in a little bit, but it was a Chevy benefit for most of the day. Honda made it look good in the end, uh, but it was not uh, pretty for the Honda teams, fuel mileage-wise or with um, competition-wise. Uh, and Joseph Newgarden going and uh, coming from 17th and having a uh, great, uh, great lap or whatever, a great uh, run uh, was probably they put the race together. They said first time they really have been able to and. New Garden finally gets the monkey off his back and uh, ran into the stands, which um, Ryan Blaney just did a few minutes ago at Charlotte uh, to celebrate with the fans uh, and get his Indy 500 victory. So um, there was a lot of action, a lot of stuff that went on during this day, uh, but it really only happened after, you know, lap one from the last 20 laps was where the real action started. Uh it was pretty straightforward early in the day, and then it kind of got crazy there late. Um, so, um, what were you? What did you think of the performance of Joseph Newgarden? And I guess one other piece is, you know, uh, the restart having a green white checkered and Indy car, not something we see usually. Uh, the the whatever they called it, the dragon thing, the bobbing and weaving crap basically getting close to the attenuator, coming to the checkered flag, going underneath white lines. Are we really, um, are we putting safety in, in, in play when you're making those kind of moves, especially prior to that, when we had one of those incidents, uh, earlier, which almost became a really bad one there, uh, at Indy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, for Joseph Newgarden, um, we didn't really consider him, um, a real contender in this race until, you know, late after the second half of the race um all the way up until the first caution at effectively at halfway uh, it was basically below um vk and the two mclaren cars with uh pato award and felix rosenquist i think those were the main contenders but then you know slowly but surely you know with uh new garden being able to work his way up through through the field passing uh using using the draft when he could uh, finally, you know, getting up into the lead uh, late, uh, you know, at around 150. So, um, you know, he's able to get himself up into contention there. But, you know, I think he, he did what he needed to do to win the race. But, you know, of course, um, I think really we have to talk about the, like you said, the um, dragon ef uh, effect that they do on the, the front straight and the back stretch, and then you know crossing over uh, past the dotted white line on the front stretch there on the final lap. Uh, it's it, it is a kind of a dangerous move. Uh, I think you know the dragon. I think you know like when in Formula One you're not really allowed. You're basically allowed like one move. I think in Formula One, and I wonder if um, they're going to start implementing that because uh, you know I think in IndyCar you know, you can you can't react to another driver's move, but um, and obviously the Dragon's kind of more of a preventive thing, uh, you know, to snake you know down a straight and try to um, you know 
remove the ability for a guy to, to continue to draft off of you. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing to kind of look at. And, you know, you wonder if, um, at least on the front straight, like maybe we should have a penalty for drivers who, um, cross over that dotted line, say that if you get, um, if you get more than two tires on the the dotted white lines, then you have to commit to going into the pits or something and, you know, maybe not make it a, um, you know, penalty per se, but effectively it's a, becomes a penalty by, by way of, um, you know, once you commit yourself there, then you have to go to the pit road and, you know, at least drive through the pits or whatever. So, um, that, that could be potentially a way of looking at it, I guess. Uh, but, it's a, it's a tactic that you have to, um, you know, in order to be able to win and to be able to, uh, break the draft and, um, you know, otherwise, cause if you don't, if you stay stationary, then, um, Erickson gets a huge run and then takes, uh, over the lead by the, uh, start finish line, which, you know, we've seen that before with, uh, you know, Marco Andretti and Sam Hornish in 2006, uh, and everything. So, um, it's uh, something they have to look at, and um, unfortunately, it's just part of part of how racing is at Indy. Sometimes, um, you know, I was kind of shocked, you know, that they resumed the race, you know, going, uh, well, you know, restart straight out of the pits, you know, without at least one, you know, lap of caution. Of course, there's no um, green white checkers in Indy cars, so it's either end of the race under yellow or, um, you know, restart the race effectively straight out of the pits. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty interesting way to, to end the race. I mean, um, you know, I think we've seen some pretty strange endings to Indy, you know, the Indy 500 in the past. But, yeah, definitely uh, one of the – I mean, it was provided a great finish, but, you know, the procedures of it uh, definitely slightly unprecedented there and kind of kind of feels like, you know, how Abu Dhabi ended in 2021 with, um, you know, an, an F1 with the battle between Verstappen and uh, Lewis Hamilton there. So kind of kind of in the same way, but, um, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. And uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, IndyCar, um, I guess, places any rules in effect for, uh, for that to, you know, maybe straighten up the procedures or whatever for, uh, you know, for restarting a race uh, w- with less than, five laps to go, uh, and everything. But yeah, I think for the other teams, you know, with, uh, McLaren, especially, you know, they had the strategy to remain up front and everything. And they, they had the ability to do that. But, uh, at, at the end of the race, you know, starting with, uh, Felix Rosenquist course, uh, got tight, uh, in the short shoot between one and two hit the wall and then ended his race right there. Uh, you know, that was the first one to go. And then, uh, you know, award, I think, made a move out of desperation, uh, you know, with five laps to go there, um, you know, went to the outside of Erickson to try to take the lead or, or overtake for a second, but then cut back down to the inside. And I you know, just didn't, didn't have the grip down there, uh, to be able to do that. And you also have Erickson pinching down on him, kind of taking his line away there and you lose grip there and spin out. And so it was kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, with, Took Sato in 2012 or Allen's or Jr. in 1989, kind of like, uh, kind of like that. So, yeah, just a exciting, exciting race throughout. And then, of course, Newgarden making moves to win the race. Uh, and I think, I think I knew he had a chance to win once he was able to get a, you know, not the last restart, but the restart before that when a award crashed when he uh, basically took them three wide at the end of the front straight and was able to get to the, you know, cut over into the lead going into turn one. I was pretty, 
pretty ballsy move there. And I was like, well, Newgarden has a real shot to win now. So uh, incredible driving from Newgarden. And yeah, like you said, he's a lifetime employee, I think, in Penske. Although, you know, you've seen former Indy 500 winners from Penske move on, like Montoya, Pagano, and even Castro Neves. So it's not a 100% guarantee, but, you know, it's effectively a, um, probably a very long time that he'll continue to drive uh, in the Penske stable for sure. Yeah, the I mean, I joke around about that, but I think Will Power felt the same way. And ever since he won the Indy 500, we really haven't heard anything about his uh, status. And then, of course, he won the IndyCar Championship last year. Uh, Joseph Newgarden is in play this year to win a third IndyCar Championship. Winning the Indianapolis 500 isn't going to hurt his case by any means. Um, I kind of look at him as like the cyborg Rick Mears because he's just like a taller, um, you know, taller version of him because he just talks, you know, he's kind of robotic. I mean, he's funny as a personality, shows it with the bus bros, but in a lot of ways he reminds me of Rick Mears. And I think I, it also is, you know, with the late great Robin Miller basically badgered both Roger Penske and uh, Chip Ganassi to go and hire him. Penske was the one that actually did. And uh, I don't think he's going to, he's ever regretted that decision with how good he's been for him uh, and will continue to be. Uh, now that he's won this Indianapolis 500 and he basically is free, I don't know what's going to happen uh, for Joseph Newgarden because if you're if he if he was if he felt tension because he never won the race and now he's won the race, I mean now he's free rolling. Uh, that's kind of scary uh, to say the least. I mean the one thing I will I will touch on you mentioned it the McLaren downfall. Um, and, and I'll count Alex Pillow in there because to be honest, he's probably going to be driving for them next year. It wasn't his fault. Uh, he had a fast race car. I think he was just biding his time. Honestly, I think he was in play to, he was going to be a likely, uh, favorite to win the race. His car was fast enough to get from tailback all the way to fourth, uh, which proves that he was one of the only cars that could really pass even with the arrow issues that exist with these cars. Uh, but, you know, his his day was basically altered by that incident with Renus VK. Renus VK got a penalty, but he was able to recover somewhat. Um, all the Carpenter cars were up there late um, after basically only VK being up there. Uh, Rosenquist making the mistake he made, that was because I guess I forget who crossed over. I think it was Newgarden crossed over on him going into one, and he got the front end washed out on him, and he hit the yeah, fence. Yeah, it was Newgarden. Yeah, so, and um, he couldn't keep control of the car. Uh, he had been up there all day. He'd been one of the fastest cars all month, and, uh, you know, kind of like Felix Rosenquist's entire IndyCar career, it was um, lost opportunity, uh, really, because uh, he had a car that could have won the race. But I think the one that's going to be the most angriest, and he sounded as much uh, after in his post-wreck interview, was Pato Award. Um, desperation, definitely. Uh, he made a move that was similar to Emerson Fittipaldi's move uh, on Alonso Jr. in 1989. Uh, the difference was he wrecked him, uh, Paddle Award wrecked himself um, instead of what Emmo did, which is hit wheel to wheel 
and send Alonzo Jr. into the fence. Uh, I wonder how that, if he had, if he wasn't in the grass, which basically that's where um, Erickson had him, uh, I don't know what he would have done. I mean, hell, Tony Kanaan in his final Indy 500 drove through the grass, and brought a whole new meaning, an actual legitimate meaning to the pass in the grass, because the one Dale Earnhardt did wasn't a pass. He was sideways in the grass, saved the car. Tony Kanaan actually passed somebody in the grass. Um, but... Padoward was really angry, and I think the rivalry, there is a rivalry if 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 IndyCar knew how to market it um, between him and uh, Marcus Erickson. I mean, Marcus Erickson's also not very happy about what happened on that restart. There's a lot of aggro there. Um, Pado has a habit of putting himself in those situations for as great of a driver as he may be, and he got screwed, to be fair. They called the one restart off which at the end of the day, when you look at some of the other restarts that took place during the race, he should have been able to make the restart that he did. There still might have been a caution, but it wouldn't have you know, altered some of the stuff that had went on. Um, by the time they did that second restart, he basically was SOL. And because the leader's dead to rights, he was in a bad position. And then in his desperation to come back, into um the lead or get back to the lead and, yeah. and then he uh he ended up going yeah, thanks um yeah so i mean that i mean he's gonna rue this uh day because that car was so good yesterday um pit stops were really solid they had great strategy they put themselves up front and i really started to you know i started to have that feeling you know like oh my god this might actually happen kind of deal kind of similar feeling i had in 14 when uh when uh, Captain America ended up going and pulling it off, I kind of started having those, you know, the butterflies. And I was thinking, oh, man, Pato could actually do this. Well, somebody else that's very popular uh, has been around this series for a while. Uh, the Captain America for Indy, for Penske Racing is uh, now an Indy 500 champion. Uh, it's kind of, in certain ways, you can question how that, that final restart happened. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think, Doing green-white checkers in IndyCar is a great idea. I think the last 15 laps of that race became a NASCAR race, which is not a good look when you're talking about your biggest entity. Um, I think they should have just called a race right then and there, not because, no offense to to um, Joseph Newgarden, but at that point, they should have called it. Uh, I didn't want to see Erickson win, but, you know, you're bringing into play now in social media time that manipulation and all this stuff, and Roger Penske's up there, and it's his track, and it's a series, and... You know, like, why do that? Um, I mean, really, they effed it up when they called off the restart on Pato Award. And I think they started overreaching. The, the The officials stayed out of the race for 175 laps. You should have let it go the last 25. Um, I get giving the red flag because of the situation Felix Rosenquist and Kyle Kirkwood, because Kyle Kirkwood flipped over, a wheel went into the almost, thankfully didn't go into the yeah. grandstands, hit some lady Chevy Cruze um, in the parking lot. Uh, but, you know, and then people are like, oh, how does a wheel shear off like that and it's like it's a freak incident you know the the circumstances by which that whole incident happened is a freak incident the thankful thing for everybody at indycar and for people that were in that area is that it did go to the grandstands or else it could have been really bad it looked a lot like that 89 crash for um alonso jr when he hit the fence and the one of the wheels just took off and it kind of looked like charlotte and atlanta back in the day in the irl days but 
I mean, in the end, you can think what you want to about the race itself and how they ended it. But Joseph Newgarden has a Borg winner trophy. He has a mini wreath for his son. Um, I forget, Kappa or Coda or something. I think his name is Coda. Not like C-O-T-A, but K-O-T-A. Um, Kappa is one of the sons for John Rom, the golfer, number one golfer in the world. But, um... Uh, I mean, I, I, one other thing we should talk about, I mean, McLaren definitely is going to be left wanting and wondering what happened to them. Uh, I mean, for McLaren, Tony Kanaan ends up finishing his last Indy 500, um, quiet 16th, really never was a factor to be fair. He was the one McLaren car that kind of never got to the front. Um, but I think at the end of the day for him, his day was made earlier and through the week with all the, you know, all the kind of um, tributes and stuff and his reception during pre-race introductions. Um, I think he just wanted to get through the race cleanly and um, he did that. And of course he made a highlight and he said, well, what are they going to do? Fire me. So um, he got to leave with a, a line or two. And I think NBC would be smart to call him in and um, utilize him uh, as an analyst here as the season goes on. Um, Root Beer Floathead gave AJ Foyt the best finish I think they've had since Takuma Sato won for them back in Long Beach in 2013. Uh, best Indy 500 finish they had in since 2001. They were a fast race car. He was a fast race car. There's a lot of, you know, 50-50 kind of feeling on socials about him, lar largely because of what he is and who he has been in the past. I mean, I met the guy. I remember meeting the guy at the auto show. And I yeah, mean, I've I seen that he, picture. Yeah, and I mean, I thought he was a dick, but, you know, I still was going to be like, hey, he's an IndyCar driver. And he kind of was douchey, but, you know, it makes sense when you're four foot five and you have that stupid haircut. It kind of makes sense. But honestly, he's really good at Indianapolis, and he proved it again yesterday. Michael Cannon's addition to that organization put that car in the mix. And in the past, they might have been up there for a couple of stints, but a pit stop issue or something. I mean, to be fair, they did have a pit stop issue. Yeah, that pit stop at the end. Where, 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 Joe, where, what do you call, a Hinch is literally yelling and saying that that's a penalty, which it was. But one of one of his ball lickers, um, Townsend Bell, was saying it wasn't a penalty. I'm like, dude, like, come on now. I mean, really, him and Paul Tracy and Dale Earnhardt Jr. and all this knob gobbling for this guy. The guy's a dick. I mean, granted, he ran well, and he and, he, and his car was really good. But let's be clear here. That was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. Like, they decided not to call a penalty on that. And then they're manipulating the race later in it. Like, come on now. It's the biggest race of the year. It's the most captive audience you're going to have. People knew Charlotte wasn't going to happen. You have to be better than that uh, with, the, with the Indy cars. But, I mean, I, I will say he did a good job. I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't really care for him. It's AJ Foyt's team. They're not a great team. Uh, but, you know, they're making moves to try to be a good team. And, uh yesterday for the first time in a long time the 14 car was up front and um ferrucci actually looked the part so um i got to give them credit to finish in the top five uh finish third in this race is for for aj foyt beating the likes of ganassi and mclaren and uh or mo other ganassi cars the majority of ganassi cars 
all the McLaren cars, you know, two Penske cars, all the Andretti cars. It's a big day for them. I don't know what they're going to do the rest of the season. There isn't going to be a, a big oval the rest of the year. So any type of gains or things that they've done, I don't think is really going to matter. Um, maybe they can go and um, make some moves at uh, Iowa and uh, Gateway here later in the summer, but to be determined, I would say, right, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think this, it's to be determined on what kind of gains, like for the Foyt team, maybe at Iowa, the doubleheader there, uh, if they can transfer their super speedway gains into somehow, you know, gains with the short oval uh, there. I mean, it is an oval, so um, obviously you can be good at oval racing of all kinds, so it's possible that uh, Ferrucci can be good uh, there, uh, but I think well, it's, remains to be seen. And um, I mean, I think that penalty there, I mean, it, it was monetary fine somehow instead of the on track penalty, but uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a very, I mean, that's a technical cause it did technically leave the box, but I mean, the guy caught it. Uh, so it wasn't like it rolled, like completely left the territory, but yes, it did um, technically leave the box. So uh, it's a, it's a penalty, I think, but yeah, it's a, it was kind of a, almost a judgmental call, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough decision there. Um, and that probably, probably should have taken him out of the running uh, there. And um, that last pit stop, I think if they didn't have a bad pit stop there, they probably would have been positioned better for uh, the end of the race. But uh, the, on, on the other hand, I, I did feel like on off of a restart for she didn't have enough pace to keep up with um, some of the other cars, like, you know, with uh, New Garden um, and uh, with, the two McLarens, um, I you know, don't think he was quite as fast off a of, off a of restart there. Uh, I think his his strength was more of uh, a little bit more deep into a run where they had uh, where they were able to establish pace and he was able to go out and make some moves like you know he was able to do uh, to pick up the lead for a couple of laps there. But um, yeah, that was a definitely good run for that team, best run that they've had uh, in a while. So. Yeah, just a really exciting race, and like you said, the um, tire flying out uh, there, that's a pretty interesting thing that happened there. Obviously, thankful that nobody uh, got hurt or anything like that, but um, I guess for the person, for the woman that owns that car, kind of a funny story there, and wonder how the insurance uh, claims are going to go for that one. So uh, definitely um, definitely a, you know exciting 107th uh, Indy 500, and you know, can't wait for next year when Kyle Larson comes over to attempt the double and we'll see uh, how that one goes down if he's able to be uh, really competitive like some of his counterparts in NASCAR have uh, been able to do over the past you know years that that was attempted yeah I mean he has a he has to follow the last time there was a cup guy it was Kurt Busch he finished sixth and won uh, rookie of the year in that race the one that Ryan Hunter Ray took uh, by beating uh, Elio Castroneves and uh, prior to that Tony Stewart's the only driver to ever run all uh, nine or all um, 900 miles yes in one day 
uh, finished sixth at the Indy 500 and third in the Coca-Cola 600. So another thing that he has to aim at. Uh, he finished fourth in the 600 after finishing ninth, albeit it was three laps down in 1999. So those are basically the two best, uh, two of the best performances, or three of the best performances, and those are the three most recent um, instances, I believe, of, uh, or no, Robbie Gordon, I think, made a couple of tries there uh in between or after that or yeah in between that i know he ran for andretti i think he ran for andretti in in dario's car the one year because he was hurt um but either way uh, we'll see what young money has to bring to the table uh, if mclaren brings a certain the same kind of uh, speed and equipment they had this past couple of weeks uh he's gonna have a good shot um, but, you know, hopefully they'll make some adjustments arrow-wise to make it so that, um, you know, you can actually pass and you don't get held up by going and being in the past second place. So that's something we got to go and look at, and hopefully they'll correct it. I mean, if Joseph Newgarden's seeing it, then and he's the guy who won the dang race, then you probably have to go and uh, look at that sort of thing. Okay, so did the... Uh, Indianapolis 500, uh, going and get the points. I know we went over them briefly, uh, leading into the Detroit Grand Prix, the championship standings, Alex Pillow, as I said, 20 point lead over Marcus Erickson. Of course, both of them get top five finishes. Paddle award third, three points ahead of Joseph Newgarden. Scott Dixon, uh, recovery drive ends up uh, he's now he's still fifth in points, uh, 20 points behind uh, Joseph Newgarden and uh, 38 and so 57 behind Alex Pillow. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, a nondescript day, uh, got into he wrecked somebody. I forget who he ran over yesterday. Scott McLaughlin. I know he ran into somebody. Um, he had a and he ended up uh, he's oh. in sixth right now in points. Yeah, he ran over Simon Pagano in the um, crash or in the aftermath of uh, Powell Awards crash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember who, but I knew he ran over somebody. Um, thanks for that. Uh, Rossi is in seventh after getting his fifth place finish. Grosjean wrecked again at Indianapolis. He was the second caution of the day. Uh, Will Power and Colton Herta around out the top 10. Uh, Kirkwood, as I mentioned, he's in 12th. He wrecked. Uh, Rosenquist, Root Beer Floathead. They're just going through the list. Uh, so that's the top 10 in points and some of the guys outside of it. And we'll preview the Detroit Grand Prix here in a little bit. This recap won't take as long by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the Monaco Grand Prix was uh, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, when it comes to... Uh, what's it called, uh, fish lips dominating. He got the start. He did what he had to do. And um, in the grand scheme of things, he really wasn't pushed under any circumstance during the day. Uh, there was only one moment or one part of the race where I think he was in any type of peril, you know, during the rain. Once the rain started, um, I think that was the the part where it kind of got sketchy for them, but really, um, there was, it really wasn't that, there really wasn't a whole lot that went on there. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he won the pole on Saturday with a great last sector and, um, beat Fernando Alonso to that. 
and uh, was able to utilize that to basically control the race. Uh, Verstappen gets the win over Alonso by 27.921 seconds. Esteban Ocon with a great qualifying performance to qualify third, finished third, 36.99 seconds out. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell round out the top five. Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gasly, and Carlos Sainz, the last, all the cars that are on the lead lap. Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri finished in the points, but they were a lap down. Uh, yeah, two cars are out. Uh, Stroll continuing to be terrible. Uh, you know, reminders of some of the years where Lewis Hamilton was driving by himself because uh, Valtteri Botas disappeared, uh, kind of bringing that back into play, uh, you know. And then Kevin Magnuson, who had all kinds of issues during the day yesterday and then ended up having a park. Logan Sargent, uh, I got into, I forget who he got into and had to get a wing change. Sergio Perez crashed in in uh, practice or qualifying. Yeah, pra- crashed in Q1 and basically ended his whole entire weekend in the process. And it never really changed after that. So ended up finishing 16th. But I mean, the top three cars, they all started. I mean, you just look at the starting grid. The top three cars finished in the top three. Um, Lewis Hamilton went from fifth to fourth. And Leclerc started sixth, finished sixth. Uh, So not a whole lot of movement. Um, I mean, uh, starting grid, yeah, Pierre Gasly started seventh and finished seventh. So not a whole lot of movement. It is Monaco. Uh, The qualifying was entertaining. There was a little bit of hope there to possibly go and make uh, something happen. but And Verstappen was hitting the wall, making mistakes, but in the end, it didn't really make a difference. Uh, he was able to win yet another race there, Josh. Yeah, of course, you know, with Verstappen, I mean, it wasn't really much of a, a challenge, you know, except for the rain, which, yeah, definitely made it more interesting there. Um, yeah, I think for Verstappen, uh, it was just basically just a case of being able to manage the race uh, you know, which we, he was able to do. Um, of course, Alonso only 10 seconds back when the rain started happening. Uh, so there is still a little bit of an opportunity uh, for uh, Alonso to possibly steal one. But then, of course, they went on uh, medium uh, slicks rather than switching over to the uh, intermediate wet tires. Uh, of course, uh, that didn't work out, and they had made a second pit stop. Uh, so you wonder if if they had switched over to the wet tires before Verstappen, if he could have made up uh, enough time to possibly close uh, on Verstappen to make it interesting there. Uh, of course, a uh, lot of a lot of rain throughout the racetrack. So uh, at Monaco, so um, it, you know, started out uh, just one section and then just slowly um, covered the whole the whole circuit. So you wonder if. Um, with uh, all the rain that took place, if Alonso and his team did make that mistake, could they have possibly um, snuck by Verstappen, uh, you know, with with that strategy? But of course, they they didn't. So, uh, you know, it only leaves them wondering there. Uh, of course, uh, Verstappen, yeah, like you said, got into the wall a couple of times, uh, but you know, not not enough to damage the car or slow him down. So. Uh, you know, he's definitely able to uh, continue on, pick up the win. So very, uh, very straightforward race for the most part, you know, except except for the rain. But, um, I mean, there was, I guess, a little bit of, uh, you know, parts that were kind of interesting, especially, you know, with uh, Perez trying to make something out of nothing, but um, ultimately being 
you know, on hard tires for most of the race and then basically being the test dummy for Verstappen since he was already so far behind. So, yeah, not not too much happened here in Monaco uh, this weekend. But, you know, it's, um, I think for Verstappen, you know, he continues to hold on to the points lead. And Alonso uh, continues to collect uh, the chump change uh, in terms of points, being able to continue to hold on to his spot. But, yeah, I think uh, for Mercedes, you know, they definitely showed some more progress here. So... Uh, with both for um, Hamilton and George Russell, so they both, both of course, getting a good result uh, this weekend, um, and Lewis almost getting onto the podium, but not quite. So, um, yeah, not not a whole lot happened, but I mean, it's a decent decent start to the day, I guess. Uh, you know, with what we were expecting to see all three races uh, yesterday, so on Sunday, so um, yeah, definitely a um, very procedural of, um, and normal uh, Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, and it's probably going to be similar uh, coming to Barcelona this week, even though they've changed the track back to the original configuration, thankfully, Um, because the advantages that uh, the Red Bull team have will be ex will be accent uh, will definitely be uh, put on uh, 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 will will definitely be I guess accentuated by the track itself. So we'll get into that. Uh, a little later on as well. Uh, I did you pick first for Formula One last week? I think you did, right? Um, yeah, I think I did. I mean, we can look at. All that right, here. so I'll pick. Yeah, so I'll pick uh, Max Verstappen this week. So we're just going to swap Max Verstappen for the rest of the year. Um, I think that's what we're going to do because I really don't want to spend that much time talking about that dipshit. Uh, I don't really care about him. Uh, I would like to see him hit the wall the way that Kyle Larson hit the wall with Keebler Gibbs earlier this evening. Um, And speaking of that, we'll talk or before, well, sorry, we'll go and give you the points standings in drivers and constructors leading into uh, this weekend's Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, the Xfinity races, they have the cars out there. Uh, looks like they're doing a little bit of uh, cleaning or running the high line or something. I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, oh, it's raining again. Oh, lovely. Um, what a nightmare. If it's raining again, you have got to be kidding me. They cannot buy a break. This race is not going to finish ever. Um, for stopping as a third 39 point lead on Sergio Perez in the drivers and um 40 or so 51 on uh yeah 51 on Fernando Alonso I'm not even going to try to bother with Lewis Hamilton who's in fourth uh 19 point lead on George Russell and Russell has a two point lead on signs and a six eight point lead on Leclerc. Oh, they're going to come down pit road for pit stops. Huh, interesting. Okay. Um, Droll is in eighth. Ocon with his podium gets all the way up to ninth. Uh, Pierre Gasly is 10th. The constructors standings, Red Bull is up by 8,000 points. Uh, it's a one point gap between Aston Martin and Mercedes. Of course, that's mostly Fernando Alonso going against two drivers, even though George Russell spends more time whining and begging to be let past by Lewis Hamilton. Ferrari is uh, 29 points behind Mercedes and 30 behind Aston Martin. So that's actually a good battle. Those three teams are going to have a battle for sure. 
Alpine getting the podium finish and also two cars in the top seven have now a leapfrog McLaren. They're up by 18 points uh, in the best of the rest. And uh, probably that's going to be the battle uh, for fifth now. Um, the rest of the teams are going to have a hard time scoring points the rest of this season. The Coca-Cola 600 just ended. We were, we were doing this show, of course, on Monday, Monday evening. And uh, Coca-Cola 600 ended basically an hour ago or thereabouts. And uh, Ryan Blaney gets his first uh, 600 win, his second win at Charlotte, which, um, of course, he won the first Roval race, eighth career Cup Series win, uh, first win in 50-something races. Uh, So we'll get into all that here shortly. Uh, Blaney now moves up to fourth in the points uh considering the if you're taking into account the wins and all that um so we'll uh get into the results here there's basically everybody and their mother on the lead lap by the end of the race 25 cars were on the lead lap at the end of this race because there was what 16 cautions so that'll help um ryan blaney william byron uh, martin truex bubba wallace Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Ricky Stenhouse, Chris Busher, or Ricky Stenhouse, Richard, Christopher Busher, Austin Dillon, who was was nowhere the whole entire day. Somehow another got a top ten, and Zane Smith from 29th finished 10th in the 38 car. Uh, and they um, Harvick was fell from second to 30th in the first uh, segment in 30 laps and then uh, came all the way back to finish 11th. So uh, credit to him. That'll be a story we'll talk about here shortly. Um, Other people, I mean, the stage winners, Byron won stage one, uh, Busher won stage two, Blaney won stage three and then won the race, led the most laps. Him and Byron were basically the class of the field. Uh, Christopher Bell did have a very fast race car before he started hitting the fence and doing other stuff. Same for Brad Keselowski. Um, I think uh, those, I mean, the the initial story before we get into some of the other stuff that went on, Josh is Ryan Blaney. He hadn't won a race in so long uh, to go out there and uh, get the victory. I mean, it's, it's uh I don't know how many races it was, 50-something race winless streak or whatever. It's been a year and a half since he hadn't won since uh, the the, Daytona Daytona in August of 21. So it's been whatever, a year and year and a half, essentially, uh, dominated the race. He was in a great, uh, his car just seemed like it was on a different level. And because Ford has been in the news with how bad they've been, and there was plenty of examples of terrible Fords on the racetrack uh, this afternoon and evening, uh, the fact that Ryan Blaney basically dominated the race, um, I, the only thing that stopped them from having more domination was the fact that William Byron, because of the algorithm, had the number one pit stall, and he has the fastest pit crew. It was, it was giving me vibes of the Rainbow Warriors, but considering what William Byron is and where he went to school, you can't say Rainbow Warriors because he's not into that, even though the guy that runs the school is into that sort of stuff, and et cetera, et cetera, but because his pit crew is like the fastest pit crew reminded me of those days with Jeff Gordon. But yeah, YRB, the actual most popular driver in the sport, gets his first cup win in a long time and um, looked pretty sporty in the process. Yeah, of course, with uh, YRB, of course, his, uh, not as a 
you know, first win, points paying win since uh, August 2021 at Daytona, of course, won uh, last year's all-star race. So, uh, but of course that one doesn't count for points. So it's been, yeah, very, very long since he won. And again, to wonder, okay, when's this guy ever going to win a race and had a lot of chances last year where he, uh, possibly could have won, but never converted it, uh, into a victory. But, uh, you know, after the first, uh, yellow for, uh, the competition caution that they do whenever we have weather affecting races, uh, of course, uh, he was very competitive and and uh was able to fight and you know be up front uh for the majority of the race and um was just able to you know have a good handling car uh and you know was able to make both the bottom and the top work uh, for the most part uh, the only part really where maybe he began to question if he wasn't able to win uh, of course was the um part uh, the last pit stop with about 50 laps to go um you know where they or one of the last pit stops where you know they dropped the fifth on the restart and and uh, was on the inside line and lost momentum compared to everybody on the outside lane there. So uh, that was definitely interesting. Uh, but you know he's able to get back up, fight there for um, first place, and able to get past uh, Wheeland Byron for uh, the lead and uh, ended up taking home the win. So yeah, good stuff for uh, YRB of course. Uh, and you know I think. He, yeah, I can definitely agree with you there uh, with um, the most popular driver or the actual most popular driver and certainly does well for being known outside the sport. Um, there's a, I think, yeah, he showed up on a podcast with uh, Tom Segura. So um, that's, uh, I was going to watch that earlier, but I didn't. Uh, oh, he was on the one with uh, the McKine with him in, uh, in, uh, in Burr Kreischer or was it the one with, with him and uh, Christine of the Your Mom's House one? Uh, I think it's the one with Brett Kirscher or whatever his name is called. Burr Kreischer, yeah. So yeah. that's Two Bears, One Cave. Yeah, yeah, he was on that one. So, because um, I think they had a deal, they NASCAR reached out to them uh, back in Daytona and they sent them to Daytona and, and everything. But yeah, Ryan Blaney was on that one recently. So definitely good uh, exposure there for that. So um good good exposure there and of course ryan blaney goes out and celebrates with the fans kind of copying what his teammate joseph newgarden did so yeah definitely a good way to make yourself popular as well uh but yeah he just had a really good car throughout the race so um you know credit to penske for being able to put together good race and being able to sweep the weekend and you know both their two main series that they compete in so yeah definitely a, a great weekend there for uh penske but um, other, other than that, I mean, I think it was just about as wild as we've come to expect the 600 to be. And of course, uh, gen seven car, uh, as competitive as it, as it, it's ever going to get, uh, with the mile and a half tracks and of course leads to hard racing. You have, you know, be able to dive down on the inside and, and grip, uh, the, you know, the paint, uh, separating the banking from the apron where you can run the top and keep the momentum up there and and uh drive uh you know off the corner and hold hold the car on the inside and prevent him from being able to get the drive off he needs uh and everything so yeah great racing there and then of course we'll get into it here uh but the big incident with chase elliott hooking uh danny hamlin there we're gonna have to see what nascar does with that 
and if that's a penalty, if he should be suspended or um, or if NASCAR is going to give him a different penalty because uh, he's Hendrick or anything. Um, You know, of course, precedent has already been set with Bubba Wallace uh, hooking Kyle Larson in the right rear uh, and basically the same type of incident uh, that we saw today. Uh, So Chase Elliott, of course, um, I don't really like how, you know, whenever somebody wrecks a guy, they're not going to admit it on TV and everything because now NASCAR is going to penalize them and say, oh, it's manipulation of the race or something. I mean, that's BS and everything. Just freaking admit that you hooked the guy and, and sent him in the wall uh, and everything. And um, I don't know, Denny, Denny uh, correctly showed the data, which shows that uh, Chase hooked him there. And um, yeah, I think park him for a race. Um, or if not, maybe Danny can send him, uh, next week at gateway or something like that. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what, what comes out of that. But, um, yeah, that was definitely, um, not something I want to see, uh, especially, you know, with the next gen impacts that they have, um, and you know, how hard the car is hitting. Yeah. They're making adjustments to the crush panels and how, how it, deforms when it crashes but you know it's still pretty hard impact you saw denny's fate or helmet um impact with the steering wheel so still pretty hard impact there Uh, and denny definitely looked like coming out of the car he was dazed uh so yeah definitely not not what you want to see and you know hopefully nascar does the right thing and penalizes chase elliott for that incident i mean if they had no problem penalizing bubba and when he didn't cop to it uh last fall at Vegas when it was blatant the same way that Clyde did that. Uh, I mean, they, they, they have a problem with transparency number one, and they also have credibility issues. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier with the Indy 500. When you're going and doing questionable stuff with credibility uh, and you're not going to go and penalize the guy. I mean, I don't know when this became a thing where right rearing people became okay. I don't know if it's because of roid rage back, you know, 13 years ago or 14 years ago, and he was getting into it with Brad Keselowski, which is ironic because, what is it, Kyle Busch and Hamlin had issues with him too. They used to have issues with Joey Logano. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, but I don't, I mean, it's not like I'm a, some big fan of Denny Hamlin by any stretch. His podcast is interesting. I'm glad he owns race cars for two guys that I'm a fan of. But the reality of the world is that's that's just uncalled for and that's out of control. And you cannot condone that kind of racing. And if you let it go, you're basically telling Denny Hamlin that he can go and run him over. Um, They got mad that he basically said he put Ross Chastain in the fence and cop to it. But then there's people who actually run over people and don't say that they did it on purpose. I mean, what is it? Didn't Byron run over somebody and then he basically said, oh, I don't know what he did. Didn't he do that? Or I might be mixing it up with somebody else earlier Uh, this season. Honestly. somebody... Some I I feel like I remember there was an incident like that, but I can't remember now. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I I don't really like that they're basically like admitting fault or admitting that you wrecked the guy is is going to be seen as manipulating the race. Um, I don't I don't really like that rule. Um, we've seen plenty of times in the past where they admitted that they junked the guy of course i mean there's a general rule you're not really supposed to admit that you intentionally wrecked somebody which i can see that part right which in this case that was intentional wrecking but you know the idea of yeah i got into the general idea of of saying or admitting fault to yeah i got into the guy um potentially being 
seen as uh you know being a a manipulation of the race penalty uh, i don't really like that yeah i mean the in in the sense of what happened here today earlier today it's race manipulation because you knocked the 11 out of the race because of a temper tantrum and then on top of it he might be hurt if he doesn't pass concussion protocol he's out for race you are manipulating the race and you're affecting the 11 team because now they don't have the driver so i i, I mean i i really don't understand the way nascar does things it's part and parcel for the reason why i have i have this show why i've been on other shows they have serious credibility issues they need to come out on tomorrow wednesday whatever day and say clyde you're sitting home this week and and i don't know who they're going to get to drive the car because josh barry's going to be in portland so i don't know who the hell they're going to get on short notice uh they might have somebody drive who's in a truck I'm trying to figure out who the hell that would be, but maybe Grant Infinger jumps in the in the nine car. I don't know, but I mean Josh Berry, right? No, but Barry's in in Portland running the Xfinity race. So, and he's not going to be able to qualify the car because uh, they're going to be racing. So, I mean, he'd have to start tailback, but I don't think that that's an ideal scenario. You should have somebody with the car. I mean, they're not going to suspend him. Let's be let's be fair here. It's NASCAR. Um, they had no problem suspending Bubba because, you know, he's a black guy and, um, you know, he went after, he went after the, the midget hero, um, hard R. Um, so you can't do that. Um, people don't really care for Denny Hamlin. He drives a Toyota and he was racing, uh, Clyde hard. Then Clyde went and right reared him. I mean, they didn't do anything to Carl Edwards all those times he did that crap either. Um, I don't even think, did they suspend him? No, when, when they he gave did him the, probation. Yeah, when he went and tried to kill Brad Keselowski at Atlanta, he, he, they didn't, they gave him, they didn't do anything to him. I think they parked yeah. him for the day. And then, and no, when it he was did for it at, the race. It, that yeah, was they, for the race win that they parked him. So you're talking about the Atlanta where the Atlanta won the first. Yeah. They, they parked him for that one, but then and the one where at Gateway, where he right-reared Keselowski on the coming to the finish, uh, that the one, famous line, they yeah. didn't, yeah, they didn't do anything there uh, other than the, you know, I think they fined him and um, put him yeah. on probation and they put probation. Keselowski on probation, so, um, which, yeah, means nothing, uh, but, you know, of course, that was 2010's NASCAR where anything uh, was basically met with probation, and now yeah. you have... Um, today's nascar so very curious to see how how they respond to that one because yeah it should be at least a one race suspension there um if they do the right thing uh so we'll see we'll see what happens and on it's it's going to make for some interesting content um on on the podcast and uh yeah so we'll or well i mean of course our podcast but i mean danny's podcast should be danny's really podcast, interesting listen dale's <laughs> podcast Corey lajoy's podcast whoever is is got a podcast that's involved in the cup series um maybe to a lesser extent uh connor daly and joey molinaro's deal uh but yeah i mean that's that's just ridiculous i mean i i don't really care what your hard on is i mean i know he's had a hard on for hamlin for years but you don't this this is the thing if you're going to use your car as a weapon you should have to come out there and and take take the punishment too 
you know, and if if Hamlin gets to race this weekend, then one that's one thing. But still, I I don't care. I don't care. It's Hendrick Motorsports. Suspend the fucking guy. Um, he deserves a suspension. He's already missed all these races. He already has a waiver anyway, so it doesn't matter if he misses another race. It's kind of like Kyle Busch when he missed the ten races or whatever. He had three more DNFs with accidents or whatever. So he had basically missed thirteen races. He still won the championship. So sit him. I mean, you can't do that sort of stuff. I I don't understand where we've gone in in motorsports where running over people is the norm. I get that Dale Earnhardt used to do it as a career, but the real reality of the world is his it was more about intimidation because it was his nickname and all that and he kind of he picked and chose his spots. But even at that point they still penalized him. You know, they they penalized him at Charlotte one time and he made up four laps. They penalized him at Bristol and he still hooked freaking Terry Labonte coming in the line. I mean, there, it, there's no respect. And I think fundamentally, that's the biggest problem. There's no respect amongst Dale the drivers would, either. I don't think Dale would hook somebody in the right rear like that. I think I think he knew the ethics. You know, he I, did it to Daryl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, okay. Well, at Richmond, that's yeah. true. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, short, it's a short track. Though. That's a short track, though. I don't think I think Dale Senior probably knew enough to um, not right rear somebody on a straightaway of a super, super speedway. speedway. Yeah, so. yeah. That's that's the thing that I think the line's been crossed now, where where people think it's okay to just go and and right rear people on fast tracks, and that's that's not only dangerous, but it's out of con- it's really a bad bad look. Um, and this car is not even safe, really. It's not. It's a dangerous car and it's not a very good race car in general on most circuits uh so i mean whatever i guess we'll talk about it next week uh when uh we see what happens with gateway uh i'll get back into the race itself um yeah i mean blaney i mean it's sad that we're taking the eye off of blaney really because he did such a great job today uh in at a time when ford is really behind the eight ball in general his teammates had nothing to show for the day they were nowhere uh only the second ford win of the season of course joey logano got the other one at atlanta which is a drafting track um for blaney to dominate this race i think it shows and it speaks to the possibilities for him now that he has the win now that he knows he's going to be in the playoffs this year um i think it opens up a lot of avenues for him to possibly um you know go somewhere this year uh, last year, be backed into the playoffs and went, what, two rounds. But now I think with this win, this could open the door. It could really open the door for him to do something, even at a time when the Fords are well behind. Um, I want to, I, I mean, give credit to some of these guys. Bubba Wallace had issues all night, uh, bad handling car, then had penalties. He self-inflicted, whatever, team inflicted, came all the way back to finish fourth. Uh, Tyler Reddick was up there in the Carolina, North Carolina, uh, blue, uh, Jordan Carr. I kind of wanted him to win the race, but they wouldn't have made the die cast. Uh, same ways. I don't even think they made the Kurt Busch one, did they? I don't even remember if they made the Kurt Busch one. Yeah, they didn't. So that's a shame. So I guess it's fine that he didn't win. Um, he spun out, came back. Kyle Busch spun out, came back. Uh, he had a I mean, and his car was fast and Dylan was nowhere for most of the night. And then because everyone was crashing, he came up and got a top 10. Uh, 
I um, I mean, hell, Colleg had one of their best performances of the entire year, 14th and 15th, just ahead of freaking J.J. Yaley. Um, I mean, if I'm behind J.J. Yaley, any of these cars that are behind J.J. Yaley should be embarrassed. Um, and I, I mean, Brad Keselowski hit everything but the lottery. Uh, Burton was involved in that wreck late, one of those late wrecks. Logano was involved in a late wreck with uh, Chastain and all of them. Uh, yeah, 554, 2022, 20, and 10. Uh, some not Chastain. 550, uh, yeah, so that was the Larson one. And Christopher Bell finally got finished off there. And Eric Almarillo. Um, speaking of Almarillo, uh, Stuart Haas Racing, I mean, I don't know if I've seen a team be as bad at the start of a race in a long time as the Stuart Haas cars were. And you, anytime that Boyer would mention this, you had Tony Stewart basically being silent because he didn't want to say anything. And my, the sad thing is like, dude, you're not going to be on TV the rest of this year. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be on the rest of the season because they're going to have that fruitcake Michael Waltrip with Kenny Walsh yelling and making no sense next week. Then they're going to be at Snoroma and he's going to be drag racing the next two weeks, I think. And then I think that's the next, I think those are the last two races they have. I believe, or maybe there's one more um, race on the Fox schedule. Uh, I'm trying to have to go look at the schedule offhand, but the Stuart Haas cars were absolutely god awful. Yeah, they're taking they're taking Father's Day weekend off. It always used to be Father's Day weekend they ran at Michigan. Now all of a sudden they take it off, and then they're going to have a night race at Nashville to start the NBC portion of the schedule, and then they'll have the Chicago Street Race, which is going to end up being at ending at night too so they can be on nbc um yeah so he's not going to be on the rest of the season he should have just went out there and said you know heads are gonna roll you know we need to make some changes this is pathetic that's what he should have said but you know like i was having a conversation with the fellow chase briscoe fan on twitter and we're like we need to make i mean his car has been dog shit at cookie cutter tracks at most of these tracks that were in phoenix or road course all year they've been god awful the 41 team had one of their best performances of the year and that came out of nowhere the 10 was actually up there for a little bit but they were in the tailback and kevin harvick started second and was 30th after 30 laps i mean that's insane how the hell do you miss miss it that bad now they'll go and say well we had our cars set up for a different weather condition or whatever i mean newsflash you have all the simulator stuff you have all the technology you know what the weather is going to be it's not like they weren't able to look at the cars or touch the cars this morning, you know, prior to going and getting the cars ready for the race. Uh, I mean, I don't think they were in park for May conditions. So how do you miss that bad? I mean, granted, Trackhouse was in the same boat, but nobody really thinks of Trackhouse in the same way because they're only a two-car team. And Chastain's the points leader. He just had a really bad day today. Uh, usually when he hits someone, he does better. So today he didn't hit anybody. Maybe that's what it is. You know, if he goes back to... The gateway as he did last year and he hit everything but the lottery maybe he'll get back to his usual self but i mean this is ridiculous uh i know that tony doesn't really care because he's you know with his wife and driving top alcohol dragster and all that i know gene haas doesn't care because he never really has uh but this is unacceptable um there's plenty you have plenty of fans of Stuart haas racing drivers um, across all of them even the 12 people that are fans of riley herbst but you know and uh, the 20 that are fans of Cole Custer. But, you know, you can't accept mediocrity and think it's okay. Like when Front Row Motorsports is out running you with a part time driver 
when Rick Ware Racing is outrunning you with a guy who's washed up and it never was in a in a stock car, when RFK is beating your ass and the car's been wrecked in the case of Keselowski multiple times today, it's not that's you can't do that. I mean, it's BS. Do you want and 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 here's the other thing. There's the rumor is that Josh Berry is going to sign to drive the four. Are they going to keep Rodney Childers and everything there? I mean, he's not a good road racer. He's had a rough year this year because of the crew chief change. I don't know why they made the changes they made at Junior Motorsports because let's put him back. Um, granted, I think certain things, I knew that whatever Gagson was going to take his crew chief with him, fine. But why they made some of the changes that they made makes no sense to me because uh, let's put him on the back foot. I don't know what they're going to do at Stuart Haas Racing, but they better do something. And to me, I would literally say tomorrow that there's going to be a swap. Um, they're going to swap teams, crews, whatever. I, I mean, whatever it has to be. I don't, I mean, the point is I don't want to have Blickensdurfer because I know he's a, he's a never will be. Um, and he's been a bum for most of his career. So I don't want that. Um, I want, I want Richard Boswell, keep the 14 crew, the pit crew, because I have a good pit crew. I want Richard Boswell as a crew chief, and I want Johnny Klausmeyer sitting at home in the in the whatever war room at the shop. I'm done with Johnny Klausmeyer being a crew chief of of uh, Chase Briscoe. He's not as bad as he's looked this year. I don't buy it for a million years. He looks as bad as when he was driving the 60 car, but all of them hit the wall. All three of them would hit the wall every week, and they destroyed the cars. They basically put Roush out of business in the Xfinity series, but... I mean, it's, uh, I, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I don't want to watch cup races. I, the only reason I'm watching cup races is because of I'm do this show. I have a, I have a job to do as a host and, you know, to actually, you know, journalistic integrity. It's the same reason with formula one. I don't want to watch formula one, but I'm involved in two pod, my own podcast and another one that has, that's involved with formula one. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't want to watch formula one. I don't want to watch cup racing because my guy's going to start wherever drop tail back and go a lap down he went a lap down during that first segment his car was so slow he was passed by bj mcclaude bj mcclaude and their car is literally a is is a dump truck like that like waste management has better vehicles than than that i made the tweet and i got i and i got a uh, like from sebastian laforge a guy used to work for um car long and they had the commercial with the uh, Tony and and Chase where they're doing the Mahindra tractors and they're talking slack they're giving each other crap and I'm like well it's great that they have that Mahindra tractor up there because well I'll read it I might as well um I knew um I adjusted my Twitter handle um my Twitter handle to PG Matthew 28 so we'll talk about that later um what is it what's sad is the Mahindra tractor is faster than the POS he's driving at Charlotte today. And it's right. I was right. He could have driven a Mahindra tractor and been better than that piece of garbage that he was driving today. That literally was the worst race car. That wasn't a legacy motor club car uh, today or the 78. I mean, absolute, absolutely unacceptable. I mean, they, they're making Chase Briscoe look like Clint Boyer. That's you didn't hire him to be Clint Boyer. You hired him to be the face, the franchise. Is he that good? Who knows? Maybe he isn't. But the fact of the matter is he has the potential to be. And you're not even giving him the opportunity to get there. They had made a they had made a move in during the playoffs last year where they were taking some chances, taking some risks. The cars seemed to be a little better. And I don't know what they did 
in the off season, if they were just not taking care of anything, didn't bother to make any adjustments, but they completely shit the bed and have missed the boat with this whole entire organization, the speed of these cars. They're, they're just God awful. Uh, they need to make changes. I don't care what the changes are, but they need to make changes immediately. I don't care about Riley Herbst or how much money that dipshit brings. You could put a freaking potted plant as a crew chief. He's still going to suck. Cole Custer is still going to suck. It doesn't matter who you put as his crew chief. He's done. Mentally, he's done. The cars aren't fast. So put whoever the fuck you want to put. Put Gunther Steiner as his crew chief. He can crew chief from abroad and go and crew chief the damn car. I mean, does it matter? I mean, at this point, you could take some of the shitty people on the NASCAR team, put them on the F1 team. There won't be any difference because they all stink anyways. The only thing that Tony Stewart is right, I mean, his sprint car, his sprint car, Donnie Schatz is fine and his NHRA teams are fine. So when he actually cares about something or he has the right people in place, they're fine. He doesn't have the right people in place and it's not fine. And he sat there multiple times this year on a broadcast and seen it and doesn't say anything about it. That, and as somebody who I look up to in terms of Tony Stewart, I, it's just nauseating to me that he thinks this is acceptable. I don't think he thinks it's acceptable, but he's not doing anything about it. And that's that to me is is weak. It really is. Um, end of that rant. Yeah, Byron uh, with his second place finish solidifies his um, a points position. He's only four points behind Chastain after his horrendous day-to-day uh, for the overall points lead. Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, second and third. Blaney moves up. Uh, he's actually, Blaney's actually second in points. Uh, one point behind Ross Chastain. So interesting to look at that. Truex, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin, O. Richard, and uh, Joey Logano. So 10 different winners this season. Ross Chastain, the overall points leader, but he's 11th. Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Chris Buescher, Bubba Wallace, and Alex Bowman. It says he would be at 269. That can't be accurate. Uh, that doesn't seem right. It would. It looks like based on, uh, I'm looking at it on racing reference. Yeah, they're taking, they're putting racing reference has the points up more accurate. And Briscoe would still be in the 16th spot because um, nobody behind him has won a race yet. So yeah, so Briscoe is up by five points on uh, Alex Bowman, but it's still close. Uh, Suarez and Keebler are all kind of in the mix there. We'll see what happens with that um, as we move along. Um, in terms of, we'll get into the trucks. Since the Xfinity race right now is just about to get to halfway. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek with the lead. I don't know, something must have happened to Keebler. Uh, which is good. Uh, something happened to Parker Kligerman, which I think every week something happens to that car. Um, I shit on Cole Custer, and now he's running He's running up front. So there you go. Um, ben Rhodes won uh, the North Carolina Education Lottery 200. First win of the year, seventh of his career. Wins 50K for the Triple Truck Challenge. Um, go over here, move that over. The results of the Truck Series race. Ben Rhodes, Corey Heim, Dean Thompson's best career finish, Carson Hosevar, who uh, must be a thing with goofy, so tall guys that run NASCAR are pretty goofy and they do a great job interviewing people. First, it was Gumby on Saturday during the, the rain delay for Xfinity. And then Carson Hosevar earlier um, did a pretty good job being goofy. He was uh, entertaining. And in, in interviewing people there. So uh, credit to both those uh, tall goofballs um, for that. 
Kosovar with a fourth and finger fifth. So, uh, yeah, so all three manufacturers represented there. Ekis, Majeski, D Burrito, Nick Sanchez from tailback because he wasn't able to qualify. And Taylor Gray rounds out the top 10. Josh's uh, wild card pick. Uh, Raja Karuth finished 11th. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Corey Heim uh, basically uh, was a dominant figure. Him and Carson Osovar were the two best best trucks. Uh, Dean Thompson, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, something must have switched in his head, and he's learned how to drive a race car um, all of a sudden these last few weeks, but he's been fast. It shows, I, it, I think it also speaks to Tricon uh, figuring things out. I mean, hell, David Gilland, was driving the one truck, scored stage points, finished 14th. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, performance there for him. I'm trying to find... Uh, I'm trying to find where the hell the other... Yeah, Taylor Gray, and I'm trying to find Tanner Gray. Where the hell... Yeah, he finished... Yeah, and he started on pole Tanner Gray, and he had issues. Um, but the Tricon uh, trucks have been good here recently. I guess they pitted. That's what that is. But... um. Ben Rhodes in the end used strategy uh, to lead the last 24 laps and um, get that victory. Uh, needed that one, obviously, to give himself some uh, cushion in regards to his uh, playoff situation. Josh uh, moves himself up to fifth in points overall, but he's solidly now in uh, playoffs with the win. There isn't that many races left in the uh, regular season, to be honest. So, um, I mean, right now, after after next week, there's going to be, because I'm trying to look at, what is it? One, so one, two, three, and then one, two, three. So, yeah, they're going to have two rounds of, um, of playoffs or whatever, eight to six, and then six to four. So the playoffs start on July, or on the August 11th at, irp but they only have as it stands right now only have five more races before the playoffs start um and they're gonna have four off weeks in between that all these races in, in that time too so uh ben rhodes giving himself that win putting himself in a great place there josh uh i think for Corey heim and carson hosevar lost opportunity for both of them to get a vic another victory in this 2023 season. Yeah, it's definitely a lost opportunity for um, both those drivers. I mean, Corey Heim, you know, started, I mean, he started third, but you know, he uh, was probably the most dominant truck and ran up front for most of the race. But, you know, Ben Rhodes was just able to um, take the lead at the end when he needed to and, um, you know, took off and was able to, um, have a pretty big lead by the end of it, but uh, Carson Hosevar ran pretty good as well. Um, so I think you know both those guys really just missed opportunity to you know stack up on uh, playoff points and uh, you know for the uh, for the playoffs. Uh, but uh, Ben Rhodes, somebody somebody who's um, been competitive in the past, but just hasn't been uh, quite as good this year. You know, finally uh, gets a win in in the column for this year. So we'll see if. Um, it gives him any momentum coming up, and if he's uh, able to parlay that later on in this year, of course, won the twenty twenty one championship. So we'll see. If, we'll have to see if um, you know, he's able to uh, back that up uh, and and go out and win win this title. But um, good run for for them. Um, you know, our, bring up our picks here that you know we made. Um, of course, Zane Smith uh, did not 
um, have a good weekend, um, finishing in 23rd. So he was just out of the picture for most of the night. Uh, Roger Carruth, of course, uh, had a good qualifying run, um, and was up in the top five, I think in the beginning of the race, but, um, ended up finishing 11th. So still good, good finish there. Of course, your picks, uh, Corey Heim. Yeah. Of course we talked about him and finishing second Sanchez getting a top 10 there. So, uh, after starting in 34th so that's a pretty impressive run there so yeah of course some um, uh, solid solid truck race uh on friday night and the only one to actually uh get in on scheduled time so um you know for truck series of course um you know it's going to be a, a while before you know they'll 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 go to gateway and then they have nashville but of course there's not a whole lot of time left before uh their playoffs start so um, not really a, a whole lot of time there. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, playoff field uh, you know, lays out as we get closer to uh, the playoffs for the truck series. Yeah, and speaking of the playoffs, uh, the top 10 in points is how they sit right now. Corey Heim is the overall points leader. He doesn't have the most playoff points. Eckes does. Uh, both Heim and Eckes have same amount of stage wins of four this year. Um, Heim, Majeski, Zane Smith, uh, who has the third most or second most uh, playoff points, Enfinger, Rhodes, Eckes, Crafton, Hosovar now up uh, to eighth, made a jump of three positions. Tanner Gray and Matt Benedetto, uh, your top 10. Friesen is a point behind, lost two spots with his uh, 22nd place finish on Friday. Uh, but he's only a point behind, so it's not that big of a deal. There's a good battle there between Gray, D Burrito, and Friesen, only seven points separating those three. Nick Sanchez is in 12th. Uh, he's, what is it, 12 and 17 points out of 9th, uh, 11 points out of 10th. So uh, that's the battle right now uh, to really make the playoffs. I mean, those guys are the ones that have points and could or, or points are still in play for them. Um, you'd assume that somebody like Ty Majeski could go and get a win. Feel like Di Burrito will need a win to solidify himself. Friesen usually seems to win a race every year. I, Sanchez has been on the cusp of winning. Um, after that, anybody behind that is probably going to have to. The only way that they're definitely going to make it is with a with a W. Um, we'll see how that all works out. Uh, with the truck series, um, they'll be at Gateway, of course, this coming weekend. Uh, we'll probably have to recap the Xfinity series uh, next week and do a double because it'll be two uh, two races because they'll be doing uh, Portland as well, unless they get the race done before we finish here uh, to be determined. 116 laps into the race right now out of 200. Uh, third stage, John Hunter Nemechek with just oh, under a two-second lead on Justin Allgaier, Cold Custard, Brookshot Jones, Josh Berry, Austin Hill, Sheldon Creed, Chandler Smith, Keebler Gibbs, and Sam Mayer. Your top tens, Sammy Smith as a tire rub. Kosovar 12th, Justin Haley driving for um, Kyle Busch because Kyle Busch said, uh, no, I'm not going to do 900 miles in a day. Um, so he's running 13th for, uh, colleague, colleague cars, the 16, the 11 car, what is it called? Uh, Hemrick was up front and I think he got ran into and he caught a tire or something. He had to go and go down pit road or he had a flat tire and he lost the lap. I don't know where he's at in regards to getting that lap back, but, um, behind the eight ball at the moment. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, 
roundup time. We'll start uh, with Formula Formula Two and uh, the results from Monaco this past weekend. Uh, Iwasa, the winner of the sprint race, and Frederick Vesti, the winner of the feature on Sunday. So credit to those two drivers. Awasa's third uh, win of the season, second uh, sprint win. Vesti is second win of the year. Both of them have been in features. So they'll be going to Barcelona this week before um, taking a few weeks off uh, for uh, Spielberg in Austria. Vesti takes the points lead by five over Teo Pocher, who uh, had... Uh, second place finish in the uh, sprint or in the feature race. Iwasa only scored uh, a 10th place finish in the feature. He's third, 20 points back. Kushmine is fourth, 40 points back. Uh, a point ahead of both Dennis Hauger, Zane Maloney, Richard Vashore, Ollie Bierman, Jayhans Ruvula. So that battle from fourth to ninth only separated by nine points. If you count Artur Leclerc, uh, 15 points back in 10th, uh, 16, and then was it 18? So, I mean, it's a pretty close battle between, I guess, Kushmine all the way down uh, because it can really turn uh, and a good amount of the other drivers. And there's they'll be racing a bunch here in the next couple of months. They'll have five races or 10 total, 10 total races prior to the summer break. So we'll see how the Formula 2 standings work out. In Formula 3, the results of the race, uh, Marti, Joseph Maria Marti, or Pepe Marti, uh, won the sprint race, and Gabrielli Mini won the feature race. The standings going into Barcelona. Uh, Gabriel Bortoletto is uh, still leading the points. Uh, Gabrielli Mini is, was it, uh, 17 points back in second. Gregor Saucy, third. Beganovic, fourth. Paul Aaron, fifth. Marty, with his uh, sprint win, moves up to sixth. We'll see how that all goes. I mean, from uh, there's a 10 points between third and sixth. Uh, Mini is kind of in the mix, but he needs to have a good weekend here. Um, they have, what is it, three three rounds kind of clustered together. For the Most of their season is coming up now. This is the heart of the season right here, uh, up to spa before the summer break. Uh, you have to make your make your bones during this part of the year. And if you don't, then you're not going to win. Um, so that that is that for uh, Formula 2, Formula 3. NHRA, uh, they'll be at uh, Epping, New Hampshire, for the New England Nationals this coming weekend. Um, get into the... So they'll have... So no top... So there isn't going to be uh, top alcohol dragster this weekend. I guess they'll be there the following weekend. I'm trying to see... Oh, so they don't have Mountain Motor Pro Stock list up. Uh, they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. They only have 13 top fuel cars uh, showing up this weekend, so that's promising. Uh, Yeah, the usual Dan Mercier is the only one that uh, is not a regular, I think. Everybody else is regular drivers. Uh, in Funny Car, you have, what is it, three, eight, 15 cars uh, for that. For that class, I don't see anybody that would be... I guess Jim Campbell would be the 
only uh, driver that hasn't been running all year. Everybody else has been running basically the majority of the year. Mike Smith. Okay, so yeah. So they had only had 13 cars. Terry Haddock showing up. Well, they could have had 12 if those three guys hadn't shown up. So it's pretty bad. Uh, top fuel and funny car. Uh, there goes Sam Mayer spinning out. Uh, there's going to be a caution. Uh, so yeah, Pro Mod class. Okay, so there's a Ford there i don't know what a rick jones is that's not a car bunch of chevys uh it's, everything is a chevy outside of one car and then a rick jones whatever the hell that is um uh, i was trying to go and look through here if any of these engines here um uh, chris thorn thorn racing bahrain one so the bahrain one team is yeah bond they have him and then i would figure caught yeah and Khaled belushi so that's three cars yeah so whatever yeah those are the only two the pro classes or three pro classes that are running this weekend the standings for top fuel going into this weekend's race steve torrance has a 17 point lead on britney force a 27 point lead on austin proc 31 on justin ashley 34 on leah pruitt so close battle right now for the points in top fuel in Funny Car, Matt Hagen has a 13-point lead on Ron Caps, 40 on Robert Heights, 62 to Alexis DeJoria in fourth, and Tim Wilkerson fifth, 87 points back. Chad Green, 91 points back in sixth. Um, then uh, I'm just curious since we're going over there. So yeah, in the following week, they'll be racing at Bristol for the uh, Thunder Valley Nationals. Uh, they still won't be running Pro Mod, Factory Stock, Pro Stock, all four pro categories will be there. No top alcohol dragster. Their next race, at least next national event, will be the at Norwalk uh, later in the month of June. But uh, Tony already said he's not going to be there because he'll be with his NHRA team because that's his priority. A rally Italy uh, coming up this weekend for the WRC. Uh, we'll go into that there uh cali rovampera with his win this past race uh past round at uh, uh in uh you know, why, why am i yeah they're showing the ones yeah so at rally portugal uh takes the points lead by 18 or 17 on Atanek and uh was it 29 on sebastian Oje, who's not even running every race uh the toyota racing team leads hyundai by uh, 32 points in the constructor standings uh trying to go and look at i mean the big news i think is there's a possibility of the u.s hosting a round of the world rally championship for the first time since the late 80s um that would be really cool to see that and then have the two sebs race here and in Loeb and ogier that would probably be a great uh thing but um we'll see what happens with that we'll talk about it next week on gsp what happens at uh, rally italy uh, it's become a dirt rally i think uh compared to uh, back in the day when it was a pavement rally in formula e they'll be in south africa or, or indonesia i mean my my bad um uh, jakarta indonesia for the kid for the children of indonesia uh they'll be racing uh for two rounds oh it's a purpose-built circuit well credit to them something they don't usually do um the point standings going into that race have tightened up here in recent races cassidy with uh two consecutive wins has taken the points lead by 20 over pascal verline jake dennis uh, last two races has came back to life he's only five points behind verline mitch evans uh is in this mix in fourth john eric Verne, former champion in fifth 
So all the other, so he's the first former champion, Antonio Felix da Costa, another one, he's in six. Sam Bird, Buemi, former champion, Jake Hughes, Rene Rast, out of the top 10, defending uh, at Formula E champion, Soffel Van Doren is in 11th. There's some driver changes, as I mentioned, uh, there'll be coming um, to go through here. Roberto Murphy or Mary, or whatever the hell his name is, uh, is going to be taking over at Mahindra. Um, what is it? Broadcast Jacob. I mean, Rallet Rat. What? Vernon K's Jamie. Okay. Saunders, Carmichael Brown, Nelson PK Jr., Oliver Askew, and Kelvin Vanderlinde. Uh, ben Edwards will make his return again. B lead commentator. Um, for Jakarta commentary box by Karun Chandok. I guess. Uh, uh, what do you call um? Dario Franchitti decided to quit. So, oh well. Uh, so yeah, and then yeah, the next race after that is a few, uh, and like what is it, twenty three weeks after that will be in Portland. So the first uh, race out on the West Coast for um, Formula E in the United States. Uh, that's uh, we'll see how that all goes. World Superbikes will be at Misano uh, this coming weekend. It's been a, a benefit for um, for uh, Alvaro Batista and Ducati. Um, in recent for this whole entire season, Rascat Toprak Rascat Lioku is second in points, but he made uh, an announcement that uh, that he's going to be moving to BMW next year, which also basically means that um, he's not going to be going to MotoGP, um, which is pretty crazy. It also shows how weak Yamaha is in general. They did sign back Roberto Locatelli. Um, so, I mean, that, that's something Johnny Ray will stay with Kawasaki. Uh, they don't know whose team it'll be. Alvaro Bautista, he'll race until the end of 24. Um, Raskad Lioku is going to BMW for the factory team. And, uh, me and six of the 10 factory seats up for grabs. Bow for BMW. We don't know. Other factory seats, blah, blah, blah. Independence. Yeah, it's took three top 10 minutes. And it's two year dealing with saying, okay. All right. So something, uh, Garrett Gerloff will be back next year because he has a multi-year deal with the privateer or with the semi-factory uh, uh, semi-factory BMW team. So the American presence will still be there. So right now we only know five riders that'll be on the grid for 2024. Um, point standings, uh, Batista up by, uh, I think, was it? Yeah, 70 points. 69 points in in. in all in uh, reality, zero one zero three under three points on Andrea Locatelli and one hundred thirty six points on Johnny Ray. So that championship's basically over. And um, Indy next will be at Detroit this coming weekend for the the Detroit Grand Prix. The first time they'll be running on the streets of Detroit, uh, not Belle Isle since uh, nineteen ninety or ninety one, somewhere around there. Uh, they should have run the Freedom 100, but whatever. Standings going into that race, Christian Rasp- Rasmussen leading two teammates. Uh, Nolan Siegel, he's leading him, uh, leading uh, Rasmussen over Siegel by 18 points. Then uh, Daniel Frost is in third. Matteo Nanini, Hunter McElray, Josh Green, Louis Foster, Jacob Abel, James Rowe, and uh, Kiffin Simpson round out the top 10. Jamie Chadwick's in 15th in points. Ernie Francis, 14th in points. I'm not sure if he's running, uh, if he's still with the the team. 
at this point. So that's something to find out here this coming weekend. Uh, just out of, let's see if they actually have the entry list and all that stuff down there. They don't have it there. See if I can go on their race thing. Event detail. They don't have a spotter guide. Um, they don't have that either. Salary returns HMD for partial program. Uh, yeah. So they're going to new errors in middle days activity. 1.7 mile, 10 turn street circuit in the in the city itself. So it'll be uh, cool to see that again. Uh, similar to the track they used to run for back in the late 80s, early 90s, as I said, for Formula One. Then it became CART. And then Trans Am also used to run on that circuit too. So with that, let's go and preview the uh, uh, Detroit Grand Prix for the IndyCar series coming off of the Indianapolis 500 to go and have to move right to a very hectic and busy street circuit, 27 cars on that racetrack too. Uh, It's going to be a busy uh, race weekend. Uh, They're going to have one practice on Friday. They'll have one practice on Saturday before they qualify then they'll have a 30-minute warm-up on Sunday prior to the race, which will be on NBC. Uh, so, I mean, plenty of entertainment, plenty of things to look at. But, I mean, uh, in using the past uh, results, I mean, yeah, it's 1991. Yeah, they only ran there three years. 88 was the last time Formula One ran in Detroit. Emerson Fittipaldi won there twice, and Michael Andretti won there once. So, there you go. Uh I mean, we go back to uh, what we've seen so far this year, Josh, uh, in terms of IndyCar and results on street circuits. We had Marcus Erickson win at St. Petersburg, and then we've had Kyle Kirkwood win at uh, Long Beach. And uh, I mean, so two different winners this year, Palo has had two podiums this year. Pat Award has three, but he's had issues. He had issues at Long Beach. He's now had issues at Indianapolis. Uh, they didn't update the, they haven't updated the results because they, or they didn't add Indianapolis to that. But um, yeah, so I mean, you have this race, they have it as Belle Isle on this, so it tells you how bad racing reference is. Oh, look, Riley Herbst hit the wall. What a shock. Um, So, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say who, who, to pick. I mean, there's this is a brand new circuit for everybody. No, I mean, there's guys that work on the teams that were there probably all those years ago, but none of these drivers have raced on the circuit. Um, what are you looking or what do you think uh, about in regards to or who do you think is a player and your winner pick and et cetera, et cetera, your picks for this coming weekend at Detroit on a brand new circuit? First time they've been on this, this layout in over 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a brand new layout that nobody has any experience on. But when you look at the results this year of who's been good um, or, you know, who is uh, dominant so far, and at least in qualifying, practice, and race, I mean, I think you have to look at a guy like Roman Grosjean, uh, who was dominant at St. Petersburg, you know, along with uh, uh, Scott McLaughlin. They're both really good uh, there. Uh, and Grosjean was also, uh, very, very quick, even though he didn't lead a lap, but he was also up there, uh, competing at, uh, Long Beach, getting second place there. So, uh, for this weekend, uh, at the new Detroit circuit, uh, 
Grand Prix, I'm going to go with uh, Romain Grosjean winning the race. Uh, I think, you know, he's finally, you know, he's been knocking on the door for IndyCar win, IndyCar victory, and I think he finally gets it done here. He's just been really good uh, on the street circuit so far uh, to start the year. Um, didn't didn't have a good Indianapolis 500, of course, crashed out, but, um, you know, he wasn't really, I don't think they're really all that competitive either uh, this year there, but uh, wild card uh, on Long Beach. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, well, let's go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Augustine Canapino as my wild card this weekend. Um, obviously, they were pretty impressive uh, at St. Petersburg. Scored a 12th place finish. Uh, Indianapolis uh, Grand Prix. I mean, they they were off. They, they were off a lap down at the Indianapolis Grand Prix, and then um, I think for briefly you know they were up front uh at long beach for maybe a restart so let's see what they can do uh here this weekend in a new circuit and if they can um parlay that into a decent result so uh should be an interesting weekend of course you know with the brand new circuit of course they're probably already done a lot of simulation so you know these drivers aren't going to go in there uh completely um you know loss going into this weekend but they certainly um will be a new challenge uh compared to what they've had in the past and we'll see if uh you know this this circuit leads to a little bit more entertaining racing of course we know that bill Hill wasn't always that entertaining when it came to the actual racing and um probably left a little bit you know to be desired so um hopefully uh, we get a good weekend uh, to follow up the Indy 500. Makes me wish they still went to the Milwaukee Mile like they used to do for so many years after Indianapolis, uh, going to a great uh, short oval. Uh, Indy cars on short ovals are great action and a lot of traffic and having to really race. I don't know what happened to Sheldon Creed. Now he's three laps down. That's pretty bad. Um, looks like the one car is still having problems. Uh I think he's there up pretty good, right front corner, um, after his incident. 50 laps to go there. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I look at the results from earlier this year. I'm just looking through uh, St. Pete and then looking at Long Beach. I mean, uh, I think uh, it, I think the person to take, I mean, you picked Roman Grosjean. He's, a, of course, a former Formula One driver. And uh, I'm going to go with Marcus Erickson. The guy is really good on street circuits. He's pissed, thinks he should have won another Indy 500. Um, he's been really pretty solid the whole entire year. So um, I think Erickson's the pick for this week. And I'm going to go uh, uh, to, yeah, I don't know if I spelled his name, Erickson to win. And then I'm going to pick Marcus Armstrong. So two Marcuses uh, and two teammates at uh chip ganassi race cheap ganassi racing uh as my wild card pick because frankly he's been showing uh performance gains finished eighth at long beach uh at uh alabama he finished 11th um he didn't have as good of a run he finished 15th at uh indianapolis road course but um erickson at a top 10 there um at St. Petersburg, Marcus Armstrong finished 11th as well. So, I mean, I think that is pretty, if there's one person that would probably be a good wild card pick, I uh, can't pick the likes of Callum Eilat. And um, most of the other people that are in this mix are pretty god awful. So uh, those are our picks. I mean, it'll be a new, it'll be a, 
new uh, configuration, as we said. If you want to watch the old races from back in the 90s and the 80s, I mean, Senna was really good at this racetrack back in the day um, in Formula One. There'll be a huge passing zone out of the final corner going into the hairpin. That'll be turn one, a left-handed, left-hand hairpin. Um, that's not really passing zone over there. They'll that's kind of a Mickey Mouse kind of section. There's a short straight. That's not as much of a passing zone. The the straightaway prior to the last couple of corners is probably the second best passing zone on the track. So generally speaking, there's two passing zones. And it's a wider, a little bit wider of a circuit. So hopefully we'll, we'll see some good action there at Detroit this coming weekend uh, compared to where we've been with Belle Isle over the years. Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, at uh, Circuit Barcelona, Catalonia, whatever the hell they call it. Uh, what is it? AWS Grand Premio. Yeah, so it's the Spanish Grand Prix uh, sponsored by AWS. Uh, they'll have two practice sessions, of course, on Friday, one on Saturday leading into qualifying. Race will be at the usual European time. Um, Circuit de Barcelona, Catalonia, yeah, of course. And then they put it back to the original configuration that they had uh, when they re- they first went there so that's a good good news it means there's going to be a longer run more more on throttle time uh there turn one of course will be the best passing zone the second best passing zone will be into that other hairpin uh down at the back end of the racetrack but it's not exactly known as a great um circuit for action I already said that um, Max Verstappen's my pick because we're just going to keep on alternating that, I think, for the rest of the year. Um, If Max Verstappen actually loses a race and if Red Bull actually loses a race this year, I'll be shocked um, at this point uh, because their car is uh, so much better than everybody else that it's basically a joke. Uh, I know how everybody whined about Lewis Hamilton, but I think even when Lewis won, it was a little more interesting than this. Um, Fish lips to win and then um and then my podium i'll put oh man uh so uh, connor mozak who hits everything but the lottery hit the wall just now uh fish lips to win i'm trying to think i think checo as i said on the grid talk a preview i say he's gonna finish second uh and then lewis will finish uh third as uh my picks for uh this uh Sunday at the Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, what say you, Josh, in terms of your podium winner and podium picks for um, this week? Uh, well, I'll just swap with you and say so check out Perez recovers from a bad weekend at Monaco and he's able to win uh, this weekend at Spanish Grand Prix for uh, Stappen second and I'll go with Alonso podium at his home uh, circuit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense since, um, you know, Alonzo's been finishing on the podium all year. Uh, He's done a really good job uh, with that car, unlike his teammate, uh, Daddy's Money. Uh, You look at, uh, you know, Fish Lips, he won his first career race at uh, Barcelona. All these, however many years ago, it was a 2016, I think. So it's a great circuit, great place for him. Place he has a lot of fond memories. So probably going to add to that. 
he he broke uh, his tie with Sebastian Vettel for most wins as a Red Bull driver. Uh, now he's going to, or I think he tied or broke it. So now I think he's going to get to number, what, 39 here this weekend, more than likely. Okay. And then, um, I mean, the Xfinity race is still going on. We got 37 to go. It's a good battle, actually, between uh, yeah, John Hardenberg and Justin Allgaier. Uh, I think they're cutting down, uh, I don't know how many cars are left on the lead lap. but Austin uh, Hill coming into the picture as well. Yeah, Austin Hill's actually in this. Yeah, so they have a three-horse race. Uh, Austin Hill and John Hunter Nemechek basically uh, one in 1A for this championship so far this year. And then you have Justin Allgaier, who's been sneaking up there here in recent weeks, trying to get that win. And you cannot forget that Keebler Gibbs is only three point three and a half seconds behind. And he won, I think he won both stages. So another thing to look at. Uh Speaking of the Xfinity, I think we should just go with that because we're not really going to have a recap of this race uh, prior to the show finishing. Uh, but but uh, yeah. so the the uh, Xfinity series will be at Portland for the second time. Of course, Na- NASCAR trucks were at Portland uh, in the past. Uh, AJ Allmendinger won this race last year for the Xfinity Series. It was a rain race. They only had two races at uh, at uh, Portland in the trucks. Uh, Greg Biffle and Andy Houston, 99 and 2000. Uh, Taylor Gray actually won the ARCA West Series race there. And 21 and Jake Drew is driving for that race. This prick. Brunati, um, you know, K&N Pro Series going back in the day. Herschel McGriff in 1986 on his way to his uh, K&N or the Winston West Championship. Then decades until Jim Inglebright, Pat Long, Lewis Martinez Jr., Greg Persley. Wow, Mark Martin actually won there in 1995. Interesting. In a At Northwest Portland? Tour. Yeah, he won in 95 in the Northwest Tour uh, race. And uh, Lance Hooper, Tom Hubert. Rudy Revac, Steve Petty, a road racer. I don't know who that guy is or who that one is. Um, so not a big history uh, for Portland and the Xfinity series or road. I mean, they have plenty of road courses uh, going back. Of course, there was rain. So can we really take a whole lot from that? I'm not sure. Uh, I think that was a race where uh, Jesse Uji tried to intentionally wreck um Keebler Gibbs that was kind of funny um, oh yeah I remember failed that. At it. uh AJ Allmendinger won over Myatt Snyder who's driving for Jordan Anderson racing Austin Hill was second or third after starting second Josh Berry Justin Allgaier Hemrick Gibbs JJ Ailey for Carl Long Gagson and Alex LeBay is your top 10 so um we'll go with that first Josh um they don't have a entry list out yet because hell I don't even know what the logistics are for the Xfinity series I mean at least they're going to get the race done uh here shortly but um I'm not really sure who's going to be in this race so it's hard to make picks uh uh I know uh what is it I I saw some news for somebody Taylor is going to be in this one Oh, yeah, that's right. Jordan Taylor is going to be racing. Who is he going to be racing for? Um, uh, colleague. Colleague. Or he'll be in the 10. He'll be in the 10 car. Yeah. So he'll be in the 10 car. Uh, Dylan Lupton is going to be coming back uh, randomly uh, to run a couple of these races. Uh, I think he's going to run this race in Snoroma in the Xfinity series uh, with his family sponsorship. Uh, I'm not really sure who else, but 
I mean, there's uh, trying to go and look through all that, blah, blah, blah. No, don't have anything there. Oh, uh, I don't know. Like, how the heck do you make picks? I mean, uh, it's the usual suspects, the regular drivers. Sure that some of these smaller teams are going to run uh, run some uh, one-offs or road racing specialists. Uh, I mean, I remember what is it, Parker Kligerman talking about it on Saturday, how it's an opportunity race. And considering how bad he's run in the last couple of months, it's definitely what he needs to possibly back into the playoffs because he hasn't run well enough to be there. Um, and there's some other people in there. I mean, yeah, Gibbs dominated the race. Uh, yeah, Creed led a lap and got ran over, got wrecked. Um, Anthony Alfredo actually qualified on pole. Jesus. And then our motorsports uh, Chevy last year, Connor Mozak, who hits a lot of cars. He was in that race last year. Uh, trying to look through some of these. Yeah, Sam Mayer. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I mean, uh, if you need a minute to kind of think of somebody, I'm just going to go. I'm I already go made with... my thought, but you can go ahead. Though. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll go with Austin Hill. Um winning this race he finished third last year so um i'm gonna have to go with the series regular full-time regular here winning the race and then my wild card is going to be mayat snyder of course racing uh if the news is still correct then uh i'm gonna go with uh mayat snyder as my wild card because uh, he's driving a joe gibbs racing car this weekend and he'll be driving at or yeah driving at portland once um if they're able to get there so um yeah that's that's who i'll roll with uh this weekend yeah that's uh that's a good pick because i didn't even know if that is yeah that's what it is and yeah he's definitely a good choice because that 19 car has been fast all year no matter who they put in the car uh for me i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out there go out on a limb i'll go parker kligerman because frankly he needs a win so um and he won mid-ohio in the 75 truck last year for um i forget what they that what the the owners of the 75 uh food country team are uh but uh parker kligerman and i'll make jordan taylor my wild card uh because why not um he already got uh indoctrinated and got the baptism by fire getting run into and run over by i don't know how many people at coda so now he's used to it um the colleague 10 car has been pretty decent this year I mean, not to the same level as a 19 car, but road racing specialist. We'll see what he can do there. I have to see, do they even have the truck uh, the truck list up there? They have the race page up there. They'll be running on Saturday afternoon. Uh, race, uh, they don't have they don't have anything up there. Doesn't look like they have an entry list. Of course not. Um, so I'll go. And I'll start with the trucks at Gateway. I'm just going to go over here. Um, I think Zane Smith won there last year for some reason, I fear. Or no, Corey Heim actually won. Okay. Corey Heim won the race last year over Christian Eckes. Um, Chandler Smith was third. Stuart Friesen, Johnny Sauter was driving uh, for for uh, the, Thor, the Thor Sport at that point. D Burrito, Derek Krause was in the 19. Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith started second. Finished nine. Chase Purdy was 10th. Roger Carruth actually um, finished 11th, driving for Spire that day. Um, 23 trucks were on the lead lap. Carson Osvar wrecked. 
uh, what a shocker, Chris Wright crashed. Um, that there's certain things you can rely on in the world. One of them is Chris Wright crashing. Uh, so for me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and uh, take Corey Heim to win. He won last year. He seems to be. He seems to have a lot of momentum uh, going these days uh, in the series. You need to get. I think getting extra wins and getting those extra points is necessary later on in the year. Of course, when you get to uh, the playoffs, uh, with how you know how crazy they are and how long they take to get through the playoffs and the different variety of tracks that they're going to race at. Uh, so twenty-two, twenty, so twelve. So my um my wild card pick, uh, my wild card pick is going to be um. I think I said Jake Garcia was going to be my wild card pick. I think right, like you're yeah. going to pick Roger Caruth every week, and I was going to pick. Or I picked Nick Sanchez last week, but unfortunately now he's actually in the top twelve. Um, and there's like essentially twenty three drivers that have run the whole season. So so I'm gonna go with uh, Jake Garcia to be my wild card pick at Gateway. He does have experience there um, at uh, at Gateway, so I'll go with that. How about you, Josh? Uh, well, I'll I'll pick uh, Christian Eckes. Uh, to win this week that's that'll be my pick ran well at gateway last year um so i'll i'll pick him he's already already got two wins on the year so he's been running pretty well so far to start this season um my wild card pick um i'll go with uh tyler anchor um he hasn't uh, gotten a win yet this year but he has one top five and three top tens and uh, maybe he can get a top 10 finish here at Gateway this season. That is wild because uh, he's definitely had his struggles for sure. Even Christopher Bell was driving the fur that that organization didn't really have much of much to show for it a couple, a couple weeks ago in North Wilkesboro. So I didn't I, I'm surprised you didn't go and take your boy Raja. If I knew you weren't going to take him, I would have taken oh. him. But um, it's all good. Uh, maybe Raja goes and gets us both and he goes, oh, look at that. Because uh, he's a bad out of hell because he's on fresh tires. Uh, oh, so they're going to have to pit, right? Is that what it is? Well, Austin Hill we- just pitted um, a couple minutes ago and now yeah, he's know. flying. And uh, I don't know, laps since, yeah, they have to because there's no way. I don't think they can make it to the end because they said 56. Well, I guess you're at 58 laps since pit for Algar and yeah, John yeah. H. Nemechek. I like that yeah. very brief case like uh there. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they've got to make at least one more stop. Yeah, so they're all yeah, yeah, now they're starting to go. I don't know if Hosevar is going to it seems the way they're focusing on him it sounds like he's going to go and take he's going to roll the dice. I don't no, know. No, he's, he's coming pit. in. Oh, no. I thought he was coming into pit. It looked no. like he was, um, but um, right now both Allgaier and Nemechek are still on the track. Uh, Keebler Gibbs took two tires, uh, right side tires, and enough fuel to go. And uh, uh, I think Austin Hill should pass him here. If if he passes him, then he has the effective lead of the race. Yeah, so um, that has happened. Um, there's only eleven cars on the lead lap at the moment. Sammy Smith. Who is a was a lead lap car? Uh, what's it called? Yeah, uh, he did two tires as well. Yeah, and then uh, 
yeah, Kaz Grala. Chandler Smith fell back a bunch. Yeah, so now it's yeah, so now it's gonna get sketchy here. All of them are gonna have to pit. Yeah, so we'll go and um, give that a minute to to kind of simmer. Uh, John Hunter, John Hunter went low but didn't come in. Okay, um, so we'll see what happens with that. Nine laps to go here in the Xfinity race at Charlotte. Ten cars on the lead lap. Gibbs only has two right side tires. I think John Hunter Nemechek is going to come in this time. I don't know if he meant to come in the last time and he missed the pit road, but um, yeah, he's definitely coming in this time because he's nowhere near uh, okay. Algar yeah, no. lost it too. Yeah, he's he about hit the fence. Nemechek is still running. I thought he was going to pit again. Didn't. I don't know what they're waiting on. They're going to have to pit. I mean, Unless they're... Let me see what Twitter says. Are they going to try to stretch it? Uh, I think they might be trying to stretch. It doesn't yes. sound like it. I mean, Allgaier hasn't won this year, so it's kind Gil of... Mileage race. Yeah. He hasn't won this year. Nemechek, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not that big of a deal for him. I'm surprised Hosovar isn't going for it. Uh, Koster looks like uh, is going to take that gamble. Uh, Bruckshot Jones isn't. Neither is Haley and Austin Hill. I think if if Allgaier and John Hunter and them all have issues, it's going to be Austin Hill getting another victory because um, he's making up bleep tons of time uh, here, and um, he's less than yeah, he's, he's twenty seven seconds. So I mean, it's still a lot of time. Three quarters of a lap to uh, make up. Uh, passing his teammate there. Uh, he's got three quarters. Yeah, he's basically three quarters of a lap behind. Five laps to go. John Hunter is going in a mega save mode uh, now because he's went from being like right around Allgaier to losing tons of time. Uh, what is it? Josh Berry just got passed by by uh, Austin Hill. Josh Berry is now in 16th. Or he's clutching it, yeah. He's probably clutching it now. Who, Algar? I would assume, because he doesn't have that much throttle trace. He's, like, basically dumping out of it. So is John Hunter. Uh, he's lifting cuss- into turn one. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's yeah, blipping the throttle there, just trying to get a little bit of a run. Uh, John Hunter keeps on running low. Yeah, I mean, they might be able to make, I mean, the three laps to go. Uh, they have enough time. I mean, I mean, Austin Hill might be able to get back and get to Custer, maybe, uh, in three laps. And that's really all I can think of. I mean, the 20 car is going dog slow. I mean, if he's going that slow, then I don't know how slow Custer's going. Because Allgaier looks like he's running pretty, pretty, uh, solid there. Yeah. Parker Retzlaff right now is in seventh. I mean, credit to him. The teammates, the Jordan Anderson teammates are sixth and seventh right now. Kyle Sieg is in position to possibly get a top 10 finish. Uh, one lap down right now. Um, they're coming to the white, so whatever happens here, this race is over. Um, all guy or cross star finish. He's got a near eight-second lead on John Hunter Nemechek, getting through one and two, shaking the car around, not sure where he's at fuel-wise, getting caught up by Carson Osovar. Um, who's probably going to pass him to get back on the lead lap. And uh, look at that. Justin Allgaier, fuel mileage, is going to win. First time in 2023, the 84 hours of Charlotte here. (laughs) I think that's Junior Motorsports' first win of the year, too. First win Uh, of the year, and got the commissary on the hood. So 
that's pretty cool too. Yeah, so that'll be a cool, if they make that car, it'll be a cool car. Top three didn't pit. Allgaier, John Hunter, Cole Custer, Austin Hill did. Keebler, Gibbs, Retzlaff, they swapped him with Jeb. So I guess Jeb, I don't know, something happened. Uh, Josevar, eighth. Bruckshot Jones, ninth. And Sammy Smith run, finish out the top 10. So um, good job for Little Gator. A uh, close race there, so no family, but of course his kids are probably sleeping. Uh, the 92 just crossed the line. I was like, I didn't know what the heck that was. I guess uh, Josh Williams wanted to make sure he finished the race. Um, well, that seven car had a lot of gas because now he's doing donuts. Uh, so yeah, so we'll get back to the preview. Uh, we'll do the preview for Gateway. Second time the Cup Series will be there. Fords were pretty good in the Toyotas last year. Uh, Joey Logano won the race. Uh, late race pass on Kyle Busch. Kurt Busch finished third. Ryan Blaney fourth. Eric Almirola fifth. Martin Truex Jr., Eric Jones, Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell, and A.J. Allmendinger from 35th to 10th because he didn't get a he didn't get to qualify the car, um, so he had to start tailback. Um, Reddick started fourth, even finished 16th. Uh, Christopher Bell started third, ninth. Austin Sindrick finished 11th. Uh, Chase Briscoe started on pole and had a tire problem, finished 24th. Only three cars fell out of the race. Kevin Harvick had a huge wreck um, going into turn three, uh, in a turn three there. So, and then Corey LaJoy had a power steering issue. Corey, er, I mean, Corey LaJoy had the engine issue and Cody Ware had a power steering issue. Um, Denny Hamlin, that was a race where Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain got into it. So, um, Josh, you can go and, uh, you can go first here, uh, with your picks for, uh, gateway. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with, um, I mean, who's been good this year? Um, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, I'll pick him to win this uh, this race. He's been really good, of course, uh, overall this season, and um, he had a tough result in the 600. So maybe uh, can bounce back and uh, get a win uh, in the Midwest out uh, at Gateway. And uh, my wild card. Uh, let me pull that up wild card uh we'll go with uh go with uh austin Sindrick as wild card this weekend see if we can uh you know he also had a tough go this past weekend at um charlotte finished uh and crashed uh on the back stretch and finished 31st so let's see if um you know he can make something better out of it you know hasn't hasn't been really that good this season but you know maybe he can recover at gateway he has experience there, so it's not out of the realm uh, with trucks. I'm not so sure about the Xfinity series, but I know he ran trucks there. Um, so as it stands, so yeah, no, this is the points report. So this is the most updated points report. He is four points ahead of, okay. So Bowman is actually four points ahead of Chase Briscoe in 16th. So now um, he is in the playoff, even though he's missed three races. Uh, for me... You picked uh, Larson. I'm trying to go through here. Phoenix, looking at short tracks. He has a, you got Martinsville. And yeah, Larson has won three short track races already this year. Uh, the only other pseudo uh, track that is somewhat short, it's not a short track, is Phoenix. And um, that was William Byron. Uh, 
So that's what I'll do. I'll go with William Byron as my win winner. Uh, Byron to win. And my wild card will be Chase Briscoe. Not because of anything uh, he did today, but his the best work that that 14 team has been able to do has been on these type of tracks. Uh, it's an opportunity. Uh, he qualified on pole last year. He has experience in an ARCA car and truck. And there, they had a good race car. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that um, on uh, Sunday at Gateway. All right. So, um, Josh, uh, let us know your exploits on uh, uh, iRacing and other sims and what you did this past weekend, what you're planning to do this weekend. Yeah, of course. Uh, talked about it earlier, but you know, ran the iRacing Coca-Cola 600. Never ran it before until now. Um, and, you know, ran, ran pretty well. I finished seventh. Uh, in my run uh, at the Coca-Cola 600, started 19th and made my way through the field. Um, it was a pretty pretty uh, intense race, honestly. Um, there was a 17 cautions, uh, so there's a lot of wrecking and everything. Uh, and there's you know some cautions and restarts where we just had caution, restart, race two laps, caution, caution on the restart, and everything. So that was. Um, Definitely a interesting sequence there. Um, trying to master the restart, having an opportunity afterwards if I messed up to have another go, and you know just continue to run uh, the race. Um, but you know on the green flag runs, definitely feel like that was like maybe one of the harder uh, races that I've had to do in terms of pace and you know being able to um, keep my position throughout the field. Um, feel like you know there's not really uh any time and maybe because of the way the cautions fell because there were so many there was not really a whole lot of time uh to really kind of you know cruise i guess throughout the race i really only had i think one green flag run where i was just kind of able to settle in and just kind of take care of the tires uh and everything so um it was a pretty interesting race uh you know, being able to being able to do that, um, my right, I guess my right arm shoulder area was kind of sore afterwards, uh, from turning left for four hours. So that was kind of interesting there. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like really physically taxing, but I felt like based on how my arm was feeling, I was like, well, I've never really had to work this hard. Um, you know, the other, the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500, I felt like were more mentally taxing than they were physically. But I mean, it's, um, um, you know, from a sim racing, I mean, obviously you're not like truly like physically taxed, but you know, you can be like, well, definitely doing a little bit of work here. So, um, that was a little bit interesting there, but, um, racing wise, I mean, it was very similar to how the cup race uh, played out, uh, in terms of, you know, the type of, you know, racing that they were doing. Um, the high line, uh, was seemingly the way to go to defend. Um, and also I think even passing, I think it was better to try to get around on the high line. I feel like long green flag runs, you know, you could get on the bottom and make, make passes there. But I think on a shorter run, the high line was the way to go. Cause it's a lot, it's really harder to be able to get to the bottom and then come up off the turn to turn two and turn four to be able to make a pass. There's just not a whole lot of uh, momentum to be able to carry that the the top uh, affords you. So um, that was that. But uh, on the other hand, running the top 
running it really hard trying to defend or get around of course uh wears out the tires pretty quickly so if you ran the top too much then you also ran the risk of uh wearing out the right front too too early and then not having a, a whole lot left that happened to me on one run where i uh think i restarted in in the top five and then fell out all the way back to like 12th or 13th because it was uh you know just too much on the right front and uh wore it out too too quickly so um yeah and then there was another run where i started from the back and then made my or back of the field so about maybe like 18th or 17th place and made my way up to um i think just outside the top 10 before another caution fell out so um and that was on a long green flag run so that was pretty interesting being able to do that um uh didn't have any too many too many incidents um there was one guy that was just driving super aggressively and was trying to do anything he could to get around people and um we were racing in a pack and then he cut in front of me and then i we made contact and got some innocent points there uh so you know he um it'd been racing pretty aggressively and i think led a good chunk of the race so kind of took the guy out but i mean he uh cut me off there and um i didn't even really have any time to react to it to be honest so it's not even like i gave him a choice or anything it just literally just happened um couldn't do anything about it but given the way it was guy was driving not really um sorry about it either so that's that but um wanted to try to be able to compete for the win uh but didn't really have good long run pace uh well not long i wouldn't say long run but didn't have like quite short term pace where um you know you had to be able to drive uh you know and, and maintain your position and then um you know be able to still have just enough you know versus where you had a, a long run where you were you know had to be able to take care of the tires so that's something i have to work on and then also um I think I need to work on figuring out the right amount of wheel input to be able to save those tires uh, for the end. Uh, so got to be able to probably do some research or something and look into how much wheel input do I need uh, to be able to, uh, you know, save the tires. That's I think that's something I've kind of struggled on in iRacing in general, just being able to um, really main, maintain the tires throughout the course of the tire run. So uh, we'll, we'll have to look into that. But yeah, definitely solid race, um, you know, ran ran two uh short races on there earlier this week um and said well i think i i can do this so i uh, was able to do that and get in and compete in it of course uh did have the conflict of the real 600 because it was raining obviously so um you know i felt comfortable in being able to do that and not miss any action so uh for the real race so that was good uh but this week uh on iRacing uh i think going to be able to do let's see they've got a uh, cup at gateway uh xfinity at iowa so probably look at doing that trucks at at gateway as well um at the uh the oval let's see the other oval series you got the opal c series the indy cars are at auto club so that should be a good one of course always enjoy running there um uh, and it's at the daytime so it should be uh, a lot of uh opportunities to um have uh passing and you know uh grip differences and tire wear so that should be fun uh to to run around uh gen 4 series is at the old texas motor speedway before the repave so that should be fun uh 87 cars are uh at bristol so should be good there uh maybe maybe try that one as well 
uh, road course wise. Let's look at that one uh, real quick. Uh, I think yeah, iRacing doesn't have Portland yet, so that's why they don't have Portland um, on uh, iRacing for the Xfinity series. Uh, road course rise. Um, there's a, I think yeah, the uh, Honda Civic series running at um, Spa, so that should be pretty fun. Um, you got the uh, uh, MX5s competing at Unisaka. Uh, always good, good series there. Um, let's see, uh, road road racing wise, other series to compete in. Um, maybe the, I don't know, uh, the Formula Fords. Uh, I think. Let's see where are they competing in? Uh, trying to see where because that's a good series as well. Um, pull that up. Let's see here. Uh, Formula Ford. Uh, rookie series where is that at okiyama international circuit so that's also a good one as well and then another uh the production lab series racing at the um Tsukuba circuit as well 25 minute time race so yeah as, as always they have plenty of opportunities to compete on iRacing uh definitely focus more on the oval side this past week with uh, the coca-cola 600 uh but now probably try to do more uh you know, more of the road racing stuff. We'll see later on in the week if I'm able to do that. So, yeah, of course, uh, should be, you know, always have a good opportunity to race on our racing and everything. So should be fun uh, to be able to do that uh, later on this week. But, you know, glad I was able to do the 600. And, you know, one thing that I'll say for the 600 versus the Indy and the Daytona 500s is that this one did not crash out of uh, in my first attempt. The Indy 500 the first time I tried it crashed out and Daytona 500. Um, the first time that I did it, I did not actually crash out, but, uh, ended up finishing four laps down. I think that the first time I did Daytona, um, after many incidents. Uh, so this one was pretty good that I was not able to get any major incidents and able to finish in the top 10 on the first try at the 600. So that was pretty good, but yeah, it's, uh, I racing, of course, online, you can go watch. I did stream that, um, did not have any mic input audio. I don't know what happened, but I thought I had my mic input working, but I guess not for, didn't, I guess some uh, Twitch didn't pick it up, but the audio is on there, uh, or the, the race stream is on there. So, um, you can still hear the iRacing game. You just don't hear what I had to say or anything. So if you just want straight up footage of what I did, go on Twitch TV slash or two and watch, uh, the 600 and if you have four hours to kill or something and watch, uh, my onboard video there. Uh, you can see that. So have that one up there. Of course, you want to relive the Indy 500. That one is up there from last year as well uh, on there. So uh, go on my Twitch and see that. Um, and then uh, my personal Twitter page at JP Huffine, of course, uh, had all the takes there from the 600. Of course, you know, um, agreeing with Denny Hamlin's take, uh, showing the data from today's, uh, tonight's crash at the 600. And, um, his opinion on what Chase Elliott did. So definitely agreed with that one, retweeting that. Um, and of course, uh, and all my other takes that I have, uh, you know, from all the racing that we had this weekend, uh, of course on my Twitter page at JB Huffine. So follow there. Uh, and then the, um, uh, YouTube page for this channel, of course, uh, if you want to see what we have on video form, go on YouTube, uh, group share podcast, go on there and follow our or yeah subscribe to our channel like and subscribe to our videos and comment whatever and um, interact with us so uh, of course uh, we'll have video of this show later on 
this week. We'll have that up there hopefully. So um, be able to go on there and see our 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 show if you want to listen have it on the background do whatever so go on there and subscribe and follow our page too of course yeah glad to do it It was always um and everything be able to go on here talk about you know this deal is uh greatest day in motorsports of course as always every year we're able to do it um be able to um you know enjoy all the racing we have um you know part because of all the you know military they gave their lives and um you know sacrifice for this country to have you know freedoms that we have and you know being able to enjoy the freedom be able to enjoy racing be able to um you know whether you're a fan or you're participating in it, it's a great freedom to have to be able to um you know compete and watch uh in motorsports yeah absolutely i mean wouldn't do it with anyone else of course i mean we the sacrifices made by those men and women to um give us the freedom that we have today to be able to do our show to be able to live the life live our lives um it's the unfortunate uh byproduct of war and um and the sadness that comes with that and the bad that comes with that but thankful for those men and women for what they did um and what they can in the when the men and women are still here what they continue to do uh at this time and this you know of course memorial day weekend but in general you can find me at pg matthew 28 on uh twitter i think that is what i made it uh or i said pg matthew right uh go over here check over here pg matthew 28 i changed it um because my instagram philip g matthew 28 on instagram so kind of making them all kind of similar um our uh twitter page at grip strip pod on twitter you can also catch me i was on the grid talk podcast with a preview with bad uh sound of course um so you'll forgive me forgive me for that uh we'll see if i'm going to be on for the spanish grand prix uh shows probably not for qualifying maybe for the race but that's if i want to put myself through the pain of watching the spanish grand prix i'm starting to debate that even though i'd get content hits um definitely see our um our youtube page where we go and put uh the posts up uh, the video feed of our show Josh says, and he handles that on that end. He also handles the um, production side during the live show for us. So appreciate all the work you do, brother. Um, and we can, um, yeah, and then you can find the show basically anywhere you find podcasts. You can find Gripster Podcast. You can find it at philipgmatthew.com. It's about to be uh, re-upped here, or it did get re-upped, so still philipgmatthew.com. You can find it over there. You can find it on uh, Podbean, which is our our streaming, our sharing website, our host website, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back for episode 172 of the Grip Strip Podcast next week, uh, going over IndyCar, uh, all three NASCAR, major NASCAR series, and Formula One. Uh, We'll also go through everything we talked about in the roundup, this week plus a moto gp moto 2 at Mugello, and the big one the 24 hours of lamar uh will be taking place which will include the garage 56 chevy camaro uh running in um and also the imsa cars going over there uh the gtp cars with the um convergence balance of performance we'll see if they actually have a chance against the uh, toyotas and the ferraris and whoever um in the prototype category and the last hurrah for lmp2 and uh gtm at uh, lamas so we'll go and preview that go through the drivers and all um we'll also make our previews and picks for snoroma 
since they'll be running Cup and Xfinity there. Uh, so that'll be the only thing that they have there. Josh will give us all his heels on a sim, uh, sim racing on a sim segment and go from there. So thanks for listening to Gripster Podcast. For Josh, I'm Phil. Take care. God bless and goodbye.